Morelia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Morelia Python Radio. Tonight, it's just Owen and I. Episode 293, we're talking about... <laughs> Do you need a website? Uh, we're just basically talking about, obviously, a lot of what we do, we do online. Uh, yes. And, you know, what is what is uh, the need to sort of put yourself out there? What do you need? What do you need to stand out, et cetera, et cetera? I, I, I sort of, uh, if you've seen my website, then you see that I kind of am into websites, but it is a labor of love for sure. And uh, we're going to talk about the pros and cons and just different ways of looking at things uh, as far as getting your name out there on the internet, because, uh, you know, people don't know who you are uh, personally. Maybe they never met you and they're going to spend some money with you. And, you know, that takes a little bit of trust. So if you can somehow, uh, get people to know who you are before you're even going to sell uh, a snake or a reptile, then, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a good thing. But, uh, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what we uh, get into, <laughs> but uh, what's we'll see going on with goes. you, man? <laughs> uh, what's going on with me is uh, I, I made a purchase today. Ooh. I like it. (laughs) And it's a a purchase that you and a select few other people knew were coming. And uh, I Ah, completely, completely blame you for this. Like (laughs) entirely, entirely blame you for this uh, because you, you brought them up and you showed them to me and it was like done, had to happen. So uh, I spoke to Mr. Dave D and uh, I'm getting uh, that lovely pair of rough scales that you kept talking about the striping aspects for them because <laughs> after you mentioned them, like I couldn't get them out of my goddamn head. So I, I literally emailed Dave. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Do you have a pair of roughies left? Because you are in luck. I'm like, luck or not so luck. I'm not sure how we're going to play this. So, and <laughs> But it was like he and I talked back and forth, you know, and I told him that we brought these up in the show. And he's like, oh, no, I know. I heard it. And I'm like, okay, good. So, uh, yeah, another pair of uh, roughies are coming over here. So I'm happy. (laughs) I I think about the day. I think about the day that you're going to breed these things. And I think about that Tinley Park. And I think about, you know, (laughs) I think about how excited you're going to be. Dude, we're gonna have like uh, uh, six months worth of uh, of like the happiest show in ever it. on the planet. Oh God, dude, I got no rough scales. <laughs> no one's gonna know what to do with me. They're all gonna be like, "Who the hell is this guy?" And where the hell is Owen? I'm gonna like shave my beard. It's gonna be really weird. It's like, yeah, no one's not gonna. It's gonna be real awkward. So all um, the all the all the Australian listeners will be like, who gives a fuck, dude? <laughs> like, who cares? <laughs> well, they're like, we, 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 we breed them like corn snakes. <laughs> exactly. I care, goddammit. So it's, uh, it's hopefully going to be a um, – uh, I'm excited for these two. Uh, 
little ones. It's been a while since I had little, little ruppies. I mean, uh, my, the last, I seem to always get all of mine when they're about a year old, which is what these guys are. So it's cool, but it's been a while. I mean, my Ev is much bigger and uh, so is Vulcan. So it's like, yay, <laughs> get to go back and play with, play with little ones again. And I also nice. play Matt Minitola because he has one now and he sent us pictures and it's like the cute little thing with the big eyes. And I'm like, oh, I want it again. So it's, I blame the two of you, completely the two of you. So, see, my plan is is that this is how it works. I get right. you, just like you get me to buy the carpets, <laughs> I get you to buy the rough scales. So now I know where those two snakes where they are. <laughs> and I just keep giving you snakes, just like, okay, here you go, here you yeah. go, here you go. Smart and then you'll be yeah. like, oh, man, now I'm going to have to give Eric some rough scales. And I'll be I like, guess yes, you will. You, I can give you a pair of roughies at this point. Yeah. It'll probably be worth one, $300. Like, to do it. Oh, yeah, no, they're nowhere near – what what what's like the oh yeah dear god so well I, I it sounds crazy because people I know people so well again this is I both I made a post the other day about um you know having a vision and having a you know looking at something and saying you know what rather than it being a morph so to speak let me see if I can try to selectively breed for these things so right you know. Uh, the, my post was about my, you know, and everybody busts my balls, <laughs> including you, all about balls, my yes. <laughs> all the time. Which about is why me doing it is jungle. disgusting. Yeah, yes. disgusting. So. Yes. So everybody focuses on uh, high yellow, low black. I'm focusing on mm-hmm. a high black, low yellow, to the point where, yes, there it is. Look, there they are. Yeah, they're gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> see, see that, see that side pinstripe, right on your I rough know. scale that you just posted on the chat. So yes. that would be yellow, and then the top, uh-huh. just like on the top, right by the, I guess the, like right after her neck, about maybe a quarter way down her body, she's got that. Now imagine all black with that pinstripe. So if you could do that with a carpet, why couldn't you do that with a rough scale as well? I know, you know. Um, so, so that's, I don't know, I'll let you know. Or again, you vision. Know, It'll take a while. Yeah. Oh, dear God. Take a while. I can wait, though. I don't care. So, you see, the problem is, is that I want rough scales to get down to the $300 range because then I can get a bunch and be very happy. <laughs> so, They'll just have all rough scales. <laughs> I'll have all of them. So I'll be, I'll be getting calls. Dude, I need cage uh, yeah. space. Do you want this? <laughs> 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 I yeah. got a roughie that's really pissing me off. You want to take it? Exactly. So that's the master plan. Um, no, no, no. So. You'll be giving me your carpets. You'll be flooding out oh, yeah. carpets. Oh, yeah. I'll be, take yeah. Them get rid of these out. things. Oh, yeah. Carpets? <laughs> you kidding me? You watch that's it. A child's if, a play. Needed, if a roughie's needs the cage, I'm going to drop the IJs off at your house. I'm not even going to tell you. <laughs> sure. yeah. I'll ring the bell, uh, drop the bag, and then run. So. Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was digging up some old, well, maybe some pictures from about uh, maybe about six months ago for uh, poison ivy babies, and I was trying to show people again uh, the vision. You know, well, you know, poison ivy is one of those things. I, I I can't say what is going on, but I can say what I see, and I do know what happened with her. So again, mm-hmm. for people that the people that don't know, Jake Milbrat produced her. And uh, I have the pictures of her parents, which were highly melanistic. So back in the 
back in the days of MP, um, it, for those who don't know Jake Milbrat, he was big time in the carpets, and now mm-hmm. he's doing ball pythons. But uh, Jake had a, a, an awesome collection, and there was two things that he was working on that I, I remember him posting was a melanistic jungle project, which was pretty cool. And then he also had this melanistic IJ project, which was which was awesome. So he, he produced, he made the he put put the clutch together, and he just figured. I think his focus was just trying to selectively breed for you know high black uh, carpet pythons. And mm-hmm. uh, turns out that they were all born normal. So I was again going back to my website, was looking at the pictures of when they hatched out. And what they looked like, they were all normal. And I was kind of bummed when it happened. But at the same time, I was I kind of expected it a little bit. But every time these guys shed, you know, uh, as they age and get bigger and bigger, the black on the saddles creeps in and gets closer on the top. But it also mm-hmm. creeps down that it goes towards the belly. So, like, like right now, their head, their head stamps are completely black. And the, the head keeps getting darker and darker. And it's, it's I don't know, I, I've photographed it, but it, I, I guess what I'm going to have to do is like put a succession of pictures together so that people can you see are. what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? You are. But, uh, well, the one you posted has a ton of black on it. And I remember them being born um, and seeing the pictures of them, also seeing them in person from like the day they hatched. The progression has been... Um, it's it's like looking at it, you realize just how many, how much they've turned black since when they were hatched. It's like they were dark when they were born, and it's like oh that's cool. And then the the picture you just put up of the one baby, where the saddles and the back are pretty much almost completely taken up. It's like holy crap, the black has definitely come in here to the point where it's totally almost creeped and killed all the orange. Uh, on the sides and it's just starting to really take over and the heads are almost completely black when it comes down to it. There are a few that have a lot more of the rust color, but you can kind of see where that's starting to change. So it's really cool that way to watch that progression. So, you know, it's, uh, they're very interesting. Um, and I will give you this honor. It's probably the, it's probably the only IJ project I would ever want to get into. So, okay. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I would right. I would actually pay to get into it. So. Uh oh. Well. I know, right? And this is wait. I'm trying to find. No, that's not it. I was looking to see if I could find. Yeah, I can't find. Which it. which um, which reminds me. Um, you better count how many poison ivy babies you have before Carpet Fest, because if you're gonna have Nick and Steve <laughs> and Chris Alemi, if you're going to have all, all right. those guys around your house, like you may not have any by the time that you like, you know, that that's, that's really all you need is for that to happen. They'll start making oh. deals with you while you're drunk. It's going to be bad. So. Oh, hell no. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, there's no way <laughs> you got to pry them out of my dead hands. Oh, my cold dead hands. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, they'll just kill you. So yeah, that could happen. <clears throat> um, <Yeah. laughs> uh, yeah, <clears throat> um, I uh, I well I've been I've been on vacation so between uh, you know fixing up my house and um, mm-hmm. working on my website was pretty much what I did most of the week uh, and trying to get it up to par, knowing that this show was coming. 
I I, <clears throat> I was always uh, it's it's like a a learning thing. Like um, I don't know. I got uh, actually I got some inspiration from Dave D's site <clears throat> because mm-hmm. like I, like we said before, his site is top notch. I mean, it's just freaking incredible. Um, yeah. And I was like, you know, I, I I need that sleeker look. Like you know, when you went to my homepage, there was like so much stuff going on. And, uh, I remember talking to Andrew Paris a while back and he was saying that, you know, he was saying something along those lines, like think about when you're putting this together that you sort of want it to be, um, you don't want it to be too much going on when, when you come on to the, to the first page, uh, yeah. which I, you know, I had like Moreno Python radio carpet fest, uh, you know what? Uh, what it's about? It's pictures, yeah. and a scrolling thing, and a big. <laughs> it was just—I don't know. It was just too much. But um, uh, yeah, that's that's sort of where where I went with that. I've I've been working on that all week. But also, <clears throat> before we get into any of that stuff, uh, a couple things popped up that I thought was worth mentioning. We we're talking about melanistic stuff. And uh, this guy in Australia, his name is Adam. Uh, what the heck was his last name? Milanovic. And uh, he picked up this uh, diamond uh, from his friend. Um, and it's a black diamond python with it's bl- so black eyes. <laughs> oh, shit, oh, dude. My is it God. nice? Everything I ever wanted in a carpet python, it just yeah. get black. Oh, it's so pretty. Yeah, it's just wild looking. I mean, I'm a That's fan of high so white cool. diamonds, but dude, that is really cool. Holy shit! And are, oh wait, are we sure this one hasn't been spray painted with matte black spray, spray paint? <laughs> uh, I don't know that don't, for a uh, fact. Don't get me so excited just to be let down again. Okay. Yeah. Well, it goes along the lines of the Darwin uh, melanistic project, yes. and I think I, I I sent you a picture of this. Um, and this <laughs> and the was uh, <laughs> yeah. So this is the yeah. Darwin that's down at the Snake that's, Ranch. Um, yeah, it's the Darwin, it, which is you, pretty it almost sick. Looks like, a, looks like a freaking white lip. It's like you, they, you can see the white in various areas, as well as maybe some of the other colors, especially in the diamond. You can see that there's obviously some, like, it, it's almost like there are roses, like a rose that's trying to come through on the sides. There are those, like, little, like, one or two white scales going down the side and the neck. And it's like, that's awesome. But it's it, it, a jet black animal, and that's fantastic. And then there's the yeah. Magnetic Darwin. And it's like, God damn it, can one of these pop out of an egg on the United States <laughs> or UK, somewhere where I can get it? Yeah, it looked very similar to uh, which of course, again, I, I damn it, I can't find the uh, the picture. This is the uh, melanistic woma. Mm. Um, and now, as far I as that, I know, go ahead. I thought that was womas. I thought womas were weird, where it's like all their morphs like are progressive, where it's born, it looks normal, and then over a little bit of time it becomes black or patternless or whatever the hell. So, and I could be completely wrong. Please don't think like that's true, but looking at the melanistic Woma, I kind of see it's pattern in there. Like, don't you see the hint to the tiger stripes? Yes. 
Kind of, yeah. So, which, you know, melanistic cats, you can see their spots still. So, yeah, I think with these projects, I mean, they're still getting worked on, obviously, in the, uh, in, down in Australia. Um, these guys are, uh, you know, especially with like things like diamonds and stuff, it takes a while for them to grow up and, and, and whatnot. So it's not like, it's not like a quick turnaround type of project, but uh, it's still pretty awesome to know that uh, that they're working with this kind of stuff. So just to give you an idea, this is the picture I was looking for. This is Poison Ivy, which looks pretty goddamn similar to what's going on with the um, that Darwin. Yeah. But with the yeah. Darwin, the, the difference is, is that um, – Ivy's got a head got, pattern. Yeah. She's got that black yeah. that she's still got like a regular pattern. Uh, it's almost like yeah. raccoon eyes, but in reverse. And then you can <laughs> sort of see she has sort of a pattern in her neck kind of, and then sort of a stripe yeah. down her back. Whereas like the yeah. melanistic Darwin, but even that one has sort of white on its belly. It, it so, does, but the, but with, with him, it's or with the Darwin, the melanism pretty much takes over everything up until where you get close to the belly scales. With her, it's like the pattern itself is being engulfed by the black. It's like it's like the pattern was there first, and the black is just growing over top of it, just doing away with it, which is kind of right. cool in my opinion. So you know. So yeah, and if you look at the babies that I posted earlier, you can kind of see that same sort of progression kind of happening. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. It's it's a shame that no one will ever get these babies. So, <laughs> I know. <laughs> we keep bringing them up just to tease you people. I mean, it's yeah. horrible. We're horrible yeah. people. So. Yeah, it's not nice. And uh, the other thing that I thought was pretty cool is that uh, that new boa that they found in Brazil, the Cropana. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was, um, you know, it was Corallus Cropani, I think it is. Uh, Okay. Anyway, uh, they found this in that video. Um, I posted it over on MP's uh, Facebook page. I uh, shared mm-hmm. it over there. But uh, that was pretty cool. And then, I don't know, it, it started me thinking about things like, uh, you know, Owen Pelly's and Rough Scales. Yeah. Like, I mean, they thought this thing was, they haven't found this thing since like 19, what? 60 or something like that. Like, but yeah, it's been it, a long it was time. Along those lines. Yeah. It's, so this is, this is the stuff you got to think about where it's like either it's, you always like to think that something that you might consider is gone might not be. And also you might want to always fun to think about that, that one animal that maybe was been described once might still be out there or will show up any day. So that has happened a lot of times with scientific discovery. And it's really cool when it does especially in something like a reptile that we all really care about. So it's really cool that it's there and it does kind of breathe a little bit of hope in the fact of that. Okay, cool. It's not gone. Here it is. Right. And maybe now something can be done to preserve it. It's like they got the Owen Pellies. That's great. And they're breeding it in captivity. That's freaking awesome. Now, if anything happens, we're, we're okay. We have a captive population of these things. So, right. It'd be really cool if they could find some more of these boas and kind of do something to 
help it out or even study him further. It'd be great to find out that it wasn't just like one or two individuals. Like I hope they find like a pocket of like 20 and they're like, okay, cool. So (laughs) we'll see, but it's awesome. You never know. Yeah. I mean, shit, dude. What if they found them in New Guinea? (laughs) They found children's pythons. I mean, I don't know. That is true. I mean, it almost gives you hope that Bigfoot is real. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> We're not going to get into that. Yeah. Go there. I can't yeah. believe you brought up Bigfoot. Do you I need had a safe to. Space? I was waiting to. No. Do you, well, do you, do you need a safe space? <laughs> I might. If, if we got one, it'd be nice. But, you know, I was. I did it to preempt other people doing it. So I decided <laughs> to beat you all at your own game. So. Okay. You're taking the fun out of it. All right. Fair enough. I know. I am killing uh, it. I'm killing it dead. <laughs> All right, so I don't know. Uh, maybe say talk about your breeding season before we get into uh, websites and such. I am you... screwed. I'm so screwed. It's going way too well, and I don't think I have enough baby cages for what's coming. So um, we're gonna see. Hopefully, I'm completely wrong. But a lot of a lot of girls are starting to shed, and a lot of okay. boys are starting to try to run out of the cage. So I had to separate a few pairs. A lot of the girls are moving their bins, hiding in them. Um, I've already marked it down. Uh, it's looking like March is going to be a pretty busy month uh, for me. So Okay. Yeah, I'm excited uh, and hopeful. So uh, I'm pretty sure I got the one pair I really wanted to, and that was the Super Caramel that I produced to the Exanic Male. So I'm excited about that one and then uh, i also got the i believe, believe i got the caramel tiger to the caramel jag so hopefully we'll have super caramel uh tiger jags like the long way around the barn so uh we'll see how that That's goes pretty cool. so it, it i know right so i'm interested in all those and i'm kind of like i said i'm hopeful i don't think i'm going to get anything from the white lips or the olives unfortunately they're just not showing any interest in each other um but everything else, uh, we're looking okay. So if I need to, I might be calling you and telling you to come over. We got to build baby racks. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good now with the saw. So we should be all right. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. I'll be like, how good are you at building shelves? Excellent. Yeah. Get over here. So, you know, <laughs> that's how it'll probably go. Right. But no, dude, I'm, uh, I'm ready. Uh, I went to um, White Plains this weekend which was a hellish drive um, through snow, sleet, and all that other fun stuff. And then uh, Hamburg's coming up, not this weekend, but the one after that. So I'm ready and raring to go to get some babies out of here to make room for other little ones. So Okay. Hamburg next Saturday. Not this Saturday. Next Saturday. Not this Saturday. Next Saturday. Yep. Yep. yep, yep. All right. That would be uh... – just, I believe. Yes. Okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, all right. So let's get into it. Websites. Uh, Go for it. I don't know. What do you think? Do you, I mean, obviously you have a, a website. Uh, I do. I'm going to pull it up right now as we speak so we can talk. I wouldn't. It's outdated <laughs> and needs to be updated uh, a little bit. And- I did update right. the breeding journal after we t- after we spoke, but I okay. decided I need to take new 
because a lot of the pictures on there for breeders and animals that I've had for a long time are like their baby pictures or pictures that I took with like a non-professional camera and crap like that, um, like in their cages. So I kind of yeah. decided that the best thing to do there would be uh, I'm going to have to do professional good looking photos of all my breeders and stuff like that. So I'm going to be doing a little bit, some more alterations to it as time goes by. But, um, I do have a website and I had the website because, uh, well, first off I started before, uh, the whole Facebook thing was really kicking off when it comes to, uh, businesses is Facebook was just like a place you went, where you had your own little profile and that was it. So right. everybody, when I started had their own individual website and a lot of those were linked through, uh, Morelia Python's, uh, the forum. So when I started, I naturally started one as well. Um, which I felt they kind of needed to do because uh, what you were saying earlier, you kind of have to get your name out there and you kind of also have to get your name out there. Well, you can't just start tossing it up places or, you know, have a, a website that leads you to a document that is just a list of animals that you have because nobody's going to be impressed by that. It's almost like you dress to impress. You gotta, you gotta dress it up a little bit. You gotta be, Interesting. You got to draw people to the website. They got to want to stay on the website. They got to want to be intrigued by the website. So uh, I started with Squarespace, which is uh, a place that designs websites. They do a lot of uh, artist websites as well as um, people who are running small businesses or something like that, where normally you post like a journal and then you have a page for a gallery and you have maybe a shop or two and you can link it to all your social media. It's a small little thing. Um, so I went through them and they grew as they grew as a company, my website actually ended up getting better and better because they offered more services and had different kind of design templates and coding. So I kind of did that as well. So, um, but it only cost me about $20 a month to keep up with the Squarespace and they host everything. They take care of everything for me. Um, and it's uh like i said they'll i'll design some stuff they they have a 24 hour support if i wanted to try to figure some stuff out there that's totally cool too um but it honestly got started with the whole website version you know in there and i think i pay more attention to my website than i even do my facebook page when it comes to design and ability to get to pictures of my breeders and animals and stuff like that biographies like i could have literally a ton of photos on my Facebook page, but it's almost like Facebook is what like current events and the website is like for the shopper. So you figure out what's going on at rogue through the Facebook page. And then you go over to the website to make a purchase is what I kind of structured it as. So I think websites are important, but that's just how I started. So how, how soon did you have your website? before you were uh, breeding snakes? I mean, did you have it right away, or was it... Uh, the, I did not have the website when I was just raising up my collection. Um, uh-huh. And I did not have the website my first two seasons when I was selling babies, because I didn't really have that many babies. And I wasn't really doing anything, you know, uh, I, would la- I would take them to shows, and I would maybe put them on King Snake every once in a while, one or two of them, 
if I had, like, the shipping supplies or the money to get the shipping supplies. Uh, but I wasn't really doing anything like that. It was probably about my third season when I had done two or two years of, you know, reptile shows in my area. Um, I kind of talked to a lot of people, had met a bunch of people in the community, had kind of put myself in there at uh, MP, and then uh, I started, I did the website. Um, I had a friend of mine who was designing websites, and I gave him all the info, and he did uh, the website. The thing is, I had owned rogereptiles.com and .net since I started the company. So okay. I bought those domains probably in 2000. I think I bought them in 2006. And then I don't think I launched the website till 2009. So if that makes some kind of sense. Um, yeah. So that's maybe, maybe you think it was, might have been closer to 2010. But either way, because <clears throat> um, after that I'd had like, I had three clutches under my belt. I still had babies from my first original breeding. So I was able to put them on the website. But the website back then was really just like a blog with snake pictures on it that I would try to sell people stuff. And that's what a lot right. of people's websites kind of were at a certain point. And then people uh-huh. started getting them like professionally done and all this other stuff. So um, that's just kind of where it went. Um, but I, I kind of moved quick because I didn't want to be the guy who owned a bunch of stuff saying Rogue Reptiles, but then couldn't get the website name. Because for the first maybe like two, three years I was in business, there was a company down in Florida called the The Rogue Reptile. And I would get their <laughs> like emails and calls every once in a while. Where it's like, you right. have Vietnamese Blue Beauties. I'm like, nope. Who are you talking about? <laughs> You're on the website. Wrong website. So, you know, I think they went away because I haven't had any calls from them in a while. So, like a couple of years. But, yeah. I didn't want that to happen. So, well, first, first, I guess I'll answer the question. Do I think that, yeah. uh, you know, websites are important? I do. Um, and I think that probably the reason that I think that is when I was really getting into um, looking at, you know, doing this more than just keeping snakes, but breeding snakes and, you know, selling them at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, it was what everybody had. Uh, I'm thinking back to the carpet python, you know, when I was first coming in the carpet pythons and still, still sort of uh, kept my pulse on the ball python world, so to speak, uh, just through rep listening to reptile radio. Right. Those guys all had, you know, websites and um, it was sort of, um, I think somebody said, uh, I, I forget who it was. Maybe it was, uh, I don't know if it was KJ or, uh, but basically that it, it's, it separates the men from the boys type of deal. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, you know, you sort of looked at, at least I did when I was looking at those guys, uh, you know, like uh, I think probably the biggest website that carpet Python wise that comes to mind for me, something that I would go to a lot was, um, uh, Anthony Caponetto's website. Yeah. And <clears throat> for people that don't know history on Anthony Caponetto, he actually did it for a living. So that's why his website was pretty top notch. Uh, back in those days, it was more along the lines of uh, really carpet focused. Now, now right. sort of moved away from carpets and 
I think he still has them, but it's really not as focused well, as uh, I, it once was. Right. Anthony got uh, had a lot of success when it came to breeding Cresties in the first couple of years where Cresties were getting produced. And yeah. I believe he was stocking a lot of uh, larger chain pet stores with um, Cresties. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but... Uh, I believe so, so yeah. Of course, he's had to sacrifice certain – your facility is only so big. And if the Cresties are flying and the carpets aren't, guess what you're going to sacrifice the cage space for. So um, that's yeah. just how it went. Uh, but I do remember his website being probably one of the better ones that was done out there. And he actually had a store. So you're clicking away on animals, and all of a sudden things like, would you like to purchase this animal? And like, uh, <laughs> yeah. How'd I get here? So, um, and he had a lot of info and a lot of things about how to breed. So, a lot of times I was on Caponetto's website as well as Real Leary's website because they had breakdowns of how they cycled, how they bred, how they fed, what they did. And it's like I wanted to know step by step what to do. And they actually broke it down to month on this day, here you go. Um, I think right. I read Will Leary's article that he wrote in Reptiles like 12 million times so you know that's just how it went which is of course how you end up with the first major snake that i ever purchased you know price wise was a wheel leary jag because i was on that website all the goddamn time so yeah of course when i had the, it, that that's how it happened so yeah i mean you know, that i mean back then there was no complete carpet python book there was nope. no morelia python radio there was no, no. Uh, uh, you know, you, uh, carpet you, python, you, you, the other book. You uh, tiny was, starting breeders don't. Like, <laughs> in my day, there was nothing. Yeah, <laughs> like so. You know. But but the reason that I I say that is because like you would go to these websites for information because this is where you, you would get to. your the information. Um, and it wasn't even like there was a ton of information. It was just like, you would just look kind of like, you know, uh, you know, like Will Leary's site, he had like a breakdown of species and what the morphs were at the time, which if you think about it now, we had Jag, Tiger, Granite, he had Labyrinth IJs, which who knows like whatever happened to those, uh, (laughs) he called them spiders. And And that was it. Yeah. But the other thing is that Campanetto would give names to things that haven't been proven yet. And it's just like, he's like, this is the liger animal. And it's like, what the hell is it? He's like, well, it's a funny looking coastal. So I need yeah. it just in case it's a morph. Is it a morph? No. I'm like, but you had a bunch of people buy the babies because it was a liger carpet. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, taking that, all that in, right. There's a couple websites yes. and again, I'm, I'm dipping into the ball Python world. There was, there was a couple websites that listening to these guys and, 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 people that would always get traffic to their website. One guy that stood out to me was Marcus Jane and Marcus Jane um, was a guy that sort of had this breeding page and it was like a step-by-step that people would sort of go to and look at and say, okay, I do this. Now I do this. Now I do this. I look for this. Here I go. Now I got eggs. Now I do this. And that's sort of what Caponetto did. And the thing that I, the other ball python guy that stood out to me was Ralph Davis. And what I liked about yep. Ralph Davis is, is that he had a breeding diary. And on his breeding diary, it would break down 
you know, what was in the clutch, the clutch number, you know, what was the morph ratio, any kind of information you could get uh, as far as the clutch goes was right there on his website. So thinking of these things kind of influenced what I wanted to do with my website. And this is why I have a website and I can't do this on Facebook. And um, I don't know if people come to it or not. It's still a work in progress as far as like me adding pictures and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? So um, I have this section, and if you you clicked on my website, um, doesn't this episode? (laughs) Shut up, KJ. How about that? Uh, I guess they were talking about this. I don't don't know what that means. Uh, We'll deal with them later. Did we talk about this? Before? No more. Don't we, <laughs> uh, pro- probably 10 million times. I mean, I think uh, we touched on this topic before, but right. I don't think we've ever had a devoted episode to it. Right. So, we're going into forget detail. these people. It's yeah. our show. We do what we want. God damn it. That's right. So <laughs> I have this section. <laughs> I have this section and it's called keeping and breeding uh, pythons. Right. So if you go there, uh, you can click on keeping carpet pythons. And I went through this whole big thing. Um, this whole big thing about, uh, yeah, I know I keep getting distracted. I'm sorry. I have this whole big thing about, (laughs) about if you were going to get into carpet pythons, what would you, uh, tell your new customer? Um, right. So I have a section where it's kind of like, uh, you know, obviously some of the stuff that I, I, I learned from, um, doing this show, um, then the carpet python myths, like what are the things that people, uh, you know, get distracted with uh, and think that carpet, like keep them away from getting into carpet pythons. I uh, did this right. whole thing on temperature. Obviously that comes from like episodes with, you know, guys like Terry Phillip and all those kind of things. Um, I went and found the climate graph and I know this is kind of crazy, but I went and found a climate graph for each of the subspecies so that you can oh click my on God. them and you can kind of see like the rainfall or the temperatures or whatever. Uh I went into feeding about what I do, um, and I kind of put some tips and tricks on getting picky feeders to to uh, to eat. Uh, another yeah. big one that I see all the time is uh, my carpet python won't eat, um, so I kind of put a little a little paragraph on that. Uh, I went into caging, um, and I kind of listed the top three people that I hear carpet python guys use. Obviously, animal plastics is probably the number one. Vision is another one, and then there's Ed Lilly's uh, Constriction Northwest. So I kind of have links so that if you're interested in seeing what's going on, you can. Uh, you know, I gave my whole thing about display caging, that kind of thing, caging for breeding, what I use, what cages look like, uh, you know, what racks look like that people use. Um, then I just went through the complex, uh, you know, species by species, just a little, little, uh, which I'm still finishing that up but species by species as far as um i should say subspecies by subspecies uh you know and then you can click to my collection uh to see what i have as far as each subspecies goes so that was that and then i kind of i kind of you know which is kind of taking a page from anthony caponetta's idea Mm -hmm. and then the breeding one is kind of the same thing uh you know i break it down um just different things that I've learned. I go through month by month, week by week when I'm dropping temperatures and bringing it back up. 
Um, I got a section that I just have to add on as far as like things like my male won't breed. What do I do? Male combat, driving it in the car, right. uh, you know, all these different tips and tricks that, that we've learned from doing the show. Right. That was funny because so, I believe somebody asked that on the Carpet Python discussions. Like, well, I can't get my male to breed and I've tried everything. And I'm like, take it for a car ride. And they're like, seriously? I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, you know, it's, there are a bunch of tiny little tips and tricks, which are hilarious. Because when we were running through it, the, the website, we were talking about how there were very few websites that had information there were even fewer breeders that were willing to reveal information. So, right. you know, it's it, like getting these tips and tricks, you had to hear from, like, whispers from behind a table that talking to a one guy that you bought, like, six or seven pythons for, he, from he'll eventually tell you how to do it. So it's, right. it, it, it's a lot better now that the info is out there. Um, right. But, yeah. So the other thing um, – that I did that I wanted to do as far as my website, that's, this is something you can't do on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. I guess you can to a certain extent is I do a breeding diary and yes. uh, you know, you click on the breeding diary and it goes year by year. You click on the year and what I tried to do, like if you would click on 2016, it'll tell you the pairings. Um, it gives the pairing notes as far as, you know, when did they lock? When did they ovulate? When did they shed? All that kind of, any kind of information that I had, I put down. Um, I also put pictures uh, of the, the sire and the dam. Um, I also put uh, pictures of, you know, when I thought she was going to lay and then a picture of the clutch. Um, the one thing that I did do uh, is I have a little, little button where you can click on the clutch page and because I moved, I wasn't actually able to do this 100% as much as I wanted to. But it gives a little history of each animal, the sire and the dam, when they hatched, uh, pre-shed from hatching, and then an updated picture of them, uh, especially the ones that I still have and what they're looking like now as far as progression picks go. Mm-hmm. The, the idea is is that if you get an animal from me, you're going to get a number uh, as far as like what that number was and what the clutch was. Um, so now I don't have to send out like CDs and zip drives and all that stuff. You just go to my website. You can see all the, the, uh, the history of the animal. The the cool thing that I, that I did that, that I thought was, if you go to my collection page, right. And then you click on right. like a subspecies, uh, you know, whatever, if you click down, um, it will have individual animals and then you can click on that animal. And if she had a clutch, It'll take you to that clutch page and you'll be able to, it, it, it kind of like takes you around both ways. You could either go through the breeding diaries or you can go through uh, like the individual animal. But, you know, again, you can't really do that kind of stuff on a, uh, on a Facebook page. And it is a lot of work, yeah. you know, um, it is a of lot of work. Um, I do have a little blog that I also did, which now that I, so I use Homestead. Uh, I, I've wanted to switch to Squarespace only because I've heard good things about it. And Joe Rogan is always talking about Squarespace. Mm-hmm. So I figured that they must be somewhat decent, but I stay with these guys um, just simply because, uh, you know, I, I just don't want to transfer it all over again. Um, the cool thing is, is that I also have Morelia Python Radio and Carpet Fest websites 
all under the one thing. So I'm in one account. I don't have to, you know, I could just switch between the websites right. and they come up. I don't pay anything extra because I think with Homestead, you get like, if you pay, I think I pay like 25 bucks a month, but you get a hundred websites that you're, no, actually it's unlimited websites. So you can have as many as you want. Jeez. Um, yeah. And you know, websites for this websites for that, whatever. Uh, I think that, uh, uh, you know, with the with the blog thing, obviously, again, it's kind of like Facebook in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, but the, the I think the problem with websites, and I think that from the customer's point of view, is that if you don't update them, right, then people get frustrated. Um, you know, I can remember when I was getting into carpets, flipping through uh, some websites. Uh, and they weren't updated. You know, uh, you know who comes to mind. I love his website now. Is Nick Button, right? So Nick had right, this. Right. He kind of had like this. I couldn't really tell what the hell was going on. Like I heard everybody talking about this guy as far as carpets goes, but I'd go to his website and I'd be like, well, it seems like he really likes scrub pythons and not. Yeah. Seems like there's three <laughs> not, of these guys not and like <laughs> yeah. not carpet pythons. So I don't. I don't know. But then he did an overhaul and his his website is pretty top notch now. As far as I'm I do like this, yeah. Um, so, and it, it, it's kind of like what he has with all the different animals he's working with. He kind of goes with the whole, you know, uh, overview of the different species he's working with. He doesn't tell you exactly how many he's got and what he's working on there, which is kind of cool because he very rarely has to update it. My dumbass does individual animals where it's like, oh, crap, you know, <laughs> update, update yeah. this picture. People haven't seen this one in years and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I might be moving a little bit more towards where Nick does kind of that way. But then it's also nice because people have contacted me about getting pairs from this animal or, you know, but it is kind of also frightening when somebody comes up to you at a reptile show and they're like, how's Maverick? I'm like, how the hell do you know who he is? (laughs) So it's like, you know, oh, that's right. He's on my website. So it's like a little, it freaks you out sometimes. So, um, but yeah. it, it, uh, it's one of those things where if it is appealing, people will come to it, people will spend more time on it, and you'll draw people in that way to be interested in your own projects as well as the animals that you're producing. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but Benjamin, the pictures of Benjamin, lured me to Will Leary's website. Hell and yeah! Be, being on Will Leary's website lured me into wanting to purchase an animal from Will Leary. And then I find out that Benjamin has bred with Madam Blueberry. And I'm like, I know both those names. And there is a clutch for sale. Oh, my God. I mean, Aurora was the ugliest jaguar ever. (laughs) Like, I mean, (laughs) by these standards nowadays, she was hideous. But I spent all the money I had earned that summer on her. Because I needed her, so right. it it's like that's just how it went, and and it's like years later when you find out that Benjamin yellowed out, that you know that that he wasn't really the white jaguar that everybody thought he was. It was a little disappointing, but it's like, and also years later when your own breedings have surpassed the mother that you spend all that money on, it's like, oh, shit, all right, well, <laughs> you know, that's how it happens. So it, it, yeah. it's, but again, it's that one picture that draws into it. So 
when you don't see people take the time to set up the picture right, to set up the website right, when all they do is they just open the bin, take a picture with the phone, and that's the picture of the animal that you're going to use for everything. It, it, it's like it's like showing up to a wedding in one of those shirts that has like the image of the tuxedo printed on it. It's like, <laughs> and, and like, yeah. speakers, it's like put a little goddamn effort. So it, it would go a long way. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that, uh, you're right. You know, that's, uh, that's actually, I know we're going a little off topic as far as, uh, we very much are. uh, websites and stuff go, but I think it's important when you're buying uh, nice animals. I have a hard time with this, but you seem to have this nailed in. Um, as yeah. far as uh, naming your animals, I think it gives <laughs> people. Uh, I, I think it gives people a little more. Um, what's the word? Like it. Uh, it, it. It just. So like they can easily relate to the animal, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it just seems like oh, it's like oh, Aurora, I know her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, to be honest, it, it does. It, it really freaking does. And it's so freaking. And I cannot take credit for like half the names of my animals because I have like uh, all these friends who I went to college with, or all these animal people who I will like be like near snake, and I'll send them pictures, and then they'll all fire back with names. And I'll be like, that one, and then there we go. It, that's it. Done. It's a sign. I think I've named, like, a quarter of my own animals and none of the girls. I can never pick out a name for a goddamn girl. So it's just, you know, I just figure it out. I mean, and I kind of learned that from uh, when I went to college. The college I went to at Delaware Valley University, uh, they actually bred horses on campus. And they would have a – theme of the year for all the baby horses and they would name all the baby horses and then all the baby horses would be taken care of by all the people who were volunteering and there would be pictures of these baby horses freaking everywhere and then the baby horses would go to auction and the ones that everybody adored and loved and were pictured everywhere always went for hire it's like that's just how it went it's like if his if that baby was plastered all over every single social media and Everything that was involved with the campus, it, it, it sold for hire at the auction. It was hilarious. So, you know, people like names. I, I can't explain it, but they do. Yeah, I think the Condro community has that nailed down pretty well. Uh, you see that it, a lot. Yeah. You know, they, well, they do a pretty – They do. Go ahead. And, the, I mean, and also when they're setting up the breeding lines, it's like there are names that – if you see them in the lineage, and that is that's pedigree breeding like 101. It, it, you, if there are names in a lineage, it's almost like thoroughbred horses. It's like if you see secretariat in somebody's freaking thoroughbred horse, you're like, that's a good horse. You know, now it's like, well, what are some of them? Uh, Mr. Blue or, you know, uh, there was a yellow one that everyone used to go gaga for. God damn it. Why can't I remember her name? I want to say what? lemon pop, something or other. Pop lemon tree? Pop <laughs> lemon tree. Yeah, I don't know. Lemon tree's I, a I line. Know. Yeah, lo- yeah, lemon tree's a line. But uh yeah. Uh I, I guarantee you, know, you in, a, in a couple of years people are going to be like the sickness is on this pedigree and then they lose yeah. their goddamn mind. So, yeah. you know, that's how it goes. 
I think the the balance that you have to do with that is is that if you name it something and it's corny, you you run the rex risk of of sounding like a a stew nod. You know what I mean? Like, of course, <laughs> yeah. But, but it's funnier that way. Can you imagine if like a line was per, was born out of like a carpet python named like unicorn, and then we all now have to put up with that horse shit? <laughs> well, Madam like, Blueberry, <laughs> Madam Blueberry is like one of those. <laughs> Why it's like we one of those weird. We didn't want to say it. So. Yeah, like who? Do, I, I mean, Madam Blueberry. Like, <laughs> I don't. I guess it's kind of like because we were forced to just get used to it. it you know, it's like yeah. one of those things. Is it cool or is it not? And we just got used to it, and we just say it. And it's you know, not cool. I don't we know. Just got used to it. That it's, yeah. it's not cool. We just got used to it. The the one snake's name was Benjamin. Like that's a person's name. Like Ben from Aussie Addiction had to be like, no, me, not the snake. So it's like <laughs> that. It, it's like that. That it's that happens. And I mean, people name their snakes all kinds of crazy shit. So it, it all goes back to what I keep saying about God help you all if I ever produce a morph here because I get to name it and I'm going to name it something that you're all going to hate. So it's like that's. It all goes back to that, where it's like, I think it would be hilarious if we all had to deal with the fact that this snake was from a line where its parents were, like, named the dumbest creatures on the planet. Um, what the hell was the tuna? Uh, the, the Bumblebee tuna. tuna line. The Bumblebee, Bumblebee tuna, tuna line. Yeah. yeah, where it's like, and that was just shortened to tuna because we all kind of felt stupid there. Um, but what the hell was uh, tuna and Nabokov? Was Luke's animals? Yep. Yeah. Well, so, he had, I mean, we had he had tuna he had tuna too. Well, you know, Luke was pretty good at naming. I don't know what he named them after, but like he had Rosal, uh, Dor. Uh, you know, he had yeah. uh, what was the other one? Um, oh shit! Now they're all escaping me. It seemed like the IJs had some pretty cool names. Like uh, there was Nudge, Poster Child, uh, Mama. Right. Uh, pig. <laughs> it was just like all these crazy names. See, of see, can, you imagine, can you imagine if like pig had become like a killer line or it's like, that's the pig line. I would yeah. love that because then we have to deal with that. So, you know, Herman, he was another one. Well, that Herman was who poster child was bred with, you know, but, right. uh, well, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Bullwinkle. I, that was a stupid thing too. You know, <laughs> Yeah, but he named them that because he had a head imprint that the looked spot. like Bullwinkle. I know, I know. Yeah. It's Bullwinkle and Hannibal, and it's like, you know, come on. Yeah. Son of Bullwinkle See, was just the SOB line. It was like, okay. For So I, I also have a problem naming females. Um, so yeah. for a while, uh, what I was working with was I would just name them after guitar players. Like I have, you know, <laughs> Satch. Satch is uh, Satriani. I have Vi. Right. I have, you know, uh, who else? Beck, Page, uh, SRV. Uh, you know, just like these, all these different names of like different guitar players and stuff. But uh, yep. I don't know. I ran out of guitar players uh, that, that I was digging. And, you know, it was all these uh, males that had names, but yeah. no females. None of the girls. So. Yeah, it was it was hard it, for me to come up with female names, but it's 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 catchy, man. Uh, people, it is, and that's 
something you can do with a website is just have, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> KJ has Robert a. De Niro. Yeah. A jacked yeah. up. KJ... <laughs> oh, my he God. He has a jacked up jag called Robert De Niro. Nuro. <laughs> Robert De Niro. That, I like that. That is fantastic. I I do like that. But yeah, it, it sounds like you can do this. You can do this with a website. You can have a uh, a bunch of pictures of one of your animals, its name, a stupid little bio about it, like where you got it from, fill in all the blanks. And in this way, when people look at the lineage chart, they see Venus's name, and they're like, okay, Venus. They go on the website. They can find Venus under the caramel carpets. They can read her stupid little bio. It's all the info where I got her from, all that fun stuff like that. And there you go. It's all right there. They kind of almost feel a little bit better about the purchase or anything like that because they have her. And, I mean, I have the progression shots from when she was tiny all the way up to now. You can kind of see how she colored, see how the babies are going to color. It's almost like having a different level where if I were to do that on a Facebook page, I'd have to have pretty much an album uh, dedicated to every single snake as opposed to just having a bunch of pictures on one page. It, it's almost seemed like you could do it on a Facebook page. It would feel very jumbled, very busy, and very hard to, to navigate as right. opposed to a website where it's like <clears throat> laying out all the adult breeders. Here's their bios. Here's everything going on right now. So it's uh, I, I would prefer the website when it comes to that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I, I've I've made the commitment that, you know, I'm going to keep my website up to date as much as possible because, again, that's something that uh, there was a few people over. So I posted the question, you know, over on Morelli Pick of the Week, and a couple people said on there, like, uh, you know, that they would prefer to go to a website, but uh, they stopped because none of them are up to date. And, you know, that seems to be right. a problem. And I think that in a way, uh, I guess like it's, it's time really, it comes down to time. Uh, I would say that if you're going to dedicate the time, then a website is probably an awesome way to go. However, if you are not, and you're just going to waste your time, it's probably better just to go Facebook. Uh, because you know, the problem that I see with Facebook, I mean, today, right now, Facebook is it. And it continues to grow and get bigger and bigger. But remember, MySpace was cool at one point too. So right. so were forums. And you know what happens if all of a sudden you know Facebook starts to charge? Or remember when they said you couldn't sell animals on Facebook? You know, I mean, yeah. all these things. Like, what happens if they just decide tomorrow that like, hey, well, we're not going to promote this anymore. Uh, we don't want to do this. Uh, promote any animals being sold on Facebook. Obviously, sort of, we got around that somehow. You're just not allowed to do it on uh, that 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 store or whatever, right? Uh, But still happens. I mean, I don't. It's I don't know about you, but I get those alerts that somebody's posted something in one of the for sale pages I'm in, and it's on that Facebook market thing. So I have no idea what the hell they were talking about. But um, yeah, it, it could change easily, completely. Yeah. Yeah. And what are you going to do that? All your information has to go buy a website and you'll, you'll, you have to hope somebody hasn't purchased the.com that you need 
to have a website with. I mean, uh, it's when I when I went looking for mine, someone had actually purchased RogueReptiles.com. That's why if you look at my website, it's Rogue-Reptiles because screw that person because they wanted five thousand dollars for .com and then five thousand dollars for .net. So they wanted ten oh, grand for those two websites, and this person owned. 16 different reptile-themed .coms and .nets. They think about them, they buy them, and then they wait for somebody who wants to start the business to come buy them from them. And it's and they there's no way to – and when I asked them about it, they said, well, websites could be anywhere from $500 to $5,000. So I'm like, really? So that's just how it went. Um, and that's why I told them to go, you know, <laughs> to shut the hell up, and I went and I did my own stuff. So, um, right. But for all you know, you could go and try to find, say, somebody owned ebmorelia.com, weren't using it, but wanted you to pay this much money for it. You may have to rethink your business name. Yeah. Absolutely. So that would suck. Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, I did it. Uh, so. I guess when I first started, I wanted to be EB Pythons and it was like, yeah, you know what? I don't know. I don't, I didn't. And actually it was taken. So I was like, who the yep. hell is EB Python? So I was like, all right, well, I guess I am going to just deal mostly with carpets. So, all right, I'll try EB Morelia. Well, nobody knew what the hell Morelia was. You know what I mean? So exactly. it's like, uh, uh, well, yeah, that's good. And that's how it happens. That's why I ended up buying .com and .net because a lot of times if .com's taken, you take .net and then you just try to outcompete the person with .com. So, right. you know, obviously the person who owned RogueReptiles.com wasn't doing anything with it, so I knew I didn't really have anything to worry about. So I bought the two websites and outcompete. You know, now if somebody goes and tries to make purchase RogueReptiles.com, uh, I guarantee you they're going to be confused for me for a while. So that's how it goes. Also, if you type in Rogue Reptiles into any search engine, I pop up. So it's already been established. So anybody who's looking is going to be like, oh, name's already taken. So that's how it really goes. Um, Right. And, again, if you're not thinking about having a website, you may want to buy the domain name anyway just to make sure nobody else does it and beats you to it. Because if you're a person who is strictly on Facebook and all you do is post current event pictures and then babies for sale and maybe even some lineage charts, which is totally fine, um, but then somebody, the same idea for a name for a business that you have, buys the .com, buys the .net, and then has a professionally made website, uh, which links them to their Facebook page and all this stuff, you're just going to be totally outbeaten, totally outcompeted. Yeah. And uh, that's not really how you should be done that way. I mean, you know, nobody – it's almost like going around you, and that's kind of unfair. So if you're starting to do a, biz, a reptile breeding business and you are serious about it, but you don't want to deal with a website, still buy the .com and .net just so nobody else can. Yeah. I did that with uh... – a couple different. I mean, there's a couple different. Uh, I think I have carpetfest.net, .com, .org. Thank God we did that before those turned into something horrible. So. Yeah, carpetpython.net, 
carpetpython.org I have. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'll ever use them, but I have it just if I wanted to, uh, you know. Um, so a different idea, just so everybody, you know, just a change of pace is that uh, MoreliaPythonRadio.com, the idea with that is, is that it's sort of a, it's sort of a, it's sort of like cramming all of the information from the forums into one spot. Um, right. There's, I guess I'll click on it just so I make sure that, uh, it's the difference is with Morelia Python radio, most of the stuff that needs to be updated is, you know, with technology today, um, you know, Updating websites is, is a little bit easier. I mean, you know, as far as the podcast, it's the first thing that you see. You can listen to it right from right. the page. That automatically updates. I don't have to do anything with that. You know, I got the different links of where you could listen to the show. Uh, obviously, there's a little section about us, what we do, and then it links to, you know, what each of us have going on as far as our stuff. Uh, news. What I've been trying to do, and it is it's, it's a little time-consuming and a little bit difficult, but, you know, during the show, for the people that aren't on Facebook, uh, or if we talk about different pictures or different links to stuff or things that you want to go, I try to do show notes during the show, right? Uh, and uh, I try to have it over there uh, so that you can go over and click on it and just see the different things that we've uh, talked about during the show. Um, so... Uh, you know, that's kind of cool, I guess. Uh, the Morelia complex, it just kind of gives a breakdown of each of the species of Morelia, including rough scales and green tree pythons. I still have, it's kind of hidden, but I still have the scrubs that I did a big thing with that, localities and right. stuff like that. Uh, you know, then I did the morphs of, of Morelia. Obviously, for the majority of it, it is all carpet python morphs uh, and just what the different ones are. That one has to get updated usually every season, and uh, you know, obviously because there's new compounds and stuff that come up. It's, but at, at it's least you can like get a, an idea of what's out there. You know what I mean? Right. And, and it's almost like it's a virtual uh, complete carpet python because, unfortunately, a book is outdated like a year after it's published. So it's nice to kind of have these little updates. I mean, obviously, the complete carpet python is, I think, kind of an exception to that because a lot of the science is not outdated, but that back portion where a lot of it was the morphs, you know, right. that, the, the season after that, all those morphs, like we would have had to add like six or seven new pages. So we can kind of do that on that website thing where you can kind of keep up to date on the morphs and things like that, what's coming down the road, some of the new combos, what they might look like. You might see a carpet python uh, combo on there that you haven't seen in person or on anybody else's website and become really interested in it. So it's a good thing to kind of check out to kind of see where you stand. So, yeah. You know, <clears throat> the other thing that I put on, um, on MP.com and, uh, you know, I put this section called Morelia Python radio library, MPR library. And basically right. the idea of that is, is that, uh, just the different books and stuff that are out there that cover carpet pythons or even Australian pythons or just pythons in general, that we talk about right. during the show uh, are all right there. Um, <clears throat> and you can, uh, you can, you can get an idea of what, what each one is. And, and uh, you know, that's pretty cool. I think um, if you back out and you just go to that front page, I, there's also a section where it has papers. Um, 
and 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 basically what that is is that uh I've taken um again this is just something that's a work in progress but as I go through and 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 these different papers pop up about carpet pythons in particular um you know you can always use Google Scholar that that could help us yes. do the same thing but uh this will you know you can click right there to the link to the actual paper the cool thing well I shouldn't say the cool thing what I who I got that from was Buddy Buscemi uh, on his yes. website. As far as green trees go, uh, he has the same type of idea. So all pretty much the papers that are out there that have to do with uh, with chondros, uh, you can find on gtpkeeper.com. Uh, he has it all listed there. So again, these are just ideas like what I did when I was setting up these websites. I guess back in the day when we were talking about the websites that we were attracted to, back then you had to know how to code and HTML and all this different mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. in order to you even do a website. Somebody. Yeah, so you had right. to hire somebody to do it. But between Homestead is the one that I use, the one you use uh, is Squarespace. Squarespace. Dude, it, it's, it's freaking – I mean if you million. can drag a, a – uh, if you can send a picture in an email, you can do, you can do this. Uh, it's pretty, I am not it's pretty tech savvy at all. I'm not tech savvy at all. I I I log on. They I, I logged on and they're like layout you want. You click it. It says all right. You can lay. These are, are going to be your side buttons. Label them. Okay. These are where those buttons are going to lead to. Label like that. That keep those pages in mind because we're going to work on those in a minute. What image would you want here? What text do you want here? And I did all that. And then you click on the things. It's like will this be a page that people can see or will it only appear when people click on this button? Only when they click on the button. Okay, what's it about? And you go through it. And it's just like slowly but surely you just kind of chip away at it. And all of a sudden after like a month or two, you have a really kick-ass website. And you're like, holy crap, I built all this just by dragging and clicking and, you know, pushing a button here. And it says, what's going here? Like uh, image gallery. Cool. Done. It's right, like right. that's just how it goes. And, again, there are a million websites. Uh, when I first started, you had to get – you know, you had to get a guy, you had to set it up. I mean, that's why um, my sister is a writer, and she went to art school at, in Philadelphia. And Squarespace was kind of a really nice website company that helped out artists where they could go put up a gallery image of all the, you know, sculptures they have or paintings they have for sale. They have a little About Us page and a couple other links. And that's all it was really about. And it was cheap because these are all college students. So she just went on there for me and designed it all with a bunch of snake stuff and then turned it over to me. So, and then again, as Squarespace updated, my website got like sleeker and cooler looking and a lot more options for it. So it's, uh, it's really cool. So I would definitely recommend going to those things and it's not that hard. It really isn't. And you'd be surprised how easy it is with a really kick-ass camera uh, uh, an ability to edit your photos and this Wix or Squarespace or Homestead, you can really make a really nice website easily. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I think, uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I guess one of the advantages of doing something that's on Facebook, like a Facebook page, is that it's free. Mm-hmm. You know, um, obviously with these different, um, you know, things that we're talking about, 
Uh, they cost about, I guess the average is what, like 20 to $25 a month. I I really hate to break it to everybody. If you cannot afford $20 a month, what the hell are you doing with a room full of Python? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I get, I, I think if you're doing this as like, you know, this is just a hobby and you don't ever really intend to have more than, you know, 20 snakes or something like that. And, you know, but, yeah, then you really don't yes. need a dot com, you know. Well, no, no let's, um, let's change it up. If you have 20 snakes and those 20 snakes are maybe like one or two are higher dollar animals or you're like, hey, I love jungles and I'm going to breed her black and yellow jungles. Cool. You probably don't need a website. But the second you start spending over, let's say, $1,000 on an animal. Right. You're doing it for a reason. The reason the second the second some of your babies are for sale for a thousand dollars or over, you should really have a dot com because now you're doing something serious and now you should present yourself in a manner that would have someone that would want to spend a thousand dollars on a baby animal or you know two thousand dollars on a pair of animals or you know even then uh, my first couple. Uh, Jag clutches. Jags were still in the seven fifty dollar range when I first produced, and right. I felt like a complete moron because right. here I am. No one knows who the hell I am, and I'm trying to get you to buy this little yellow worm from me when there are eighteen other guys who have the same little yellow worms, but they're on flashy, nice websites, and it's all like I'm never going to sell these things. So it's like you have to grind it, do the work, get your name out there, and then you have to make sure that you look as, as good as your animal, as the animals you're going to represent. So if it's, if your highest animal is a $500 jungle, maybe you can just rock a really nice Facebook page. That's totally fine. Nothing wrong with that. But yeah. if you're, if you're, if your 20 breeders are all high end expensive animals, take the extra time. It'll it'll pay dividends, right? And I would say I I guess I would say this as well. You know, one of the things I think uh, Scott Borden uh, talked about this, and when I posted this question, and uh, Eric Hernandez, um, you know, brought this up. Just because you don't have a .dot com doesn't mean that you're not somebody that's respectable in the industry, um, no, or not. somebody that's 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 you know important uh one of the people when i posted the answer in that question uh gary uh valet comes to mind i don't know if i i'd never know if i say that right but um yeah he's probably the I've best diamond so breeder <laughs> yeah i know yeah. he's probably the best diamond breeder in the u.s but he has no facebook page no website right. No. Right. I don't even think the guy has email. You have to actually call him on the phone. Call him. I mean, but, you want to talk about old school? Holy shit! You know. But but the whole thing goes back to the old saying: um, "Build a better mousetrap, and the world will pave a road to your door." You know what does well, Gary have? Diamonds. Gary has well, diamonds, and he has I think the diff- pattern diamonds. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the difference with with a guy like Gary is is that. Obviously, when he started out, there was no websites. <laughs> you know no. what I'm saying? Like he's been doing there this wasn't. for a while. So yeah, that's true. 
if you wanted a picture of a snake, you got it sent through the mail. It wasn't like you could just right. like click a picture on your phone and, and send uh, it off to somebody via text message. God, you know, that's so so annoying. <laughs> so, yeah, he he mean. sort of he sort of I I I think he sort of grandfathered in that he already named made a name for himself already. True. So yes. if you're you're that type of guy or girl, you don't have to necessarily do that because people already nope. know who you are. But, but if you're like you're it. just a guy that's showing up on the scene, yeah, yes. I don't think that's going to work for you. Something. You Correct. need to do something. But here's the thing is that also when it comes to Gary, I mean, Gary is how many clutches does he produce here? Two? I don't even know, Three, man. Maybe. I don't I don't even know either. Not, so, and yeah. he produces a limit say he produces a limited number of animals. Most of his animals are sold immediately to people who know to contact him and talk to him and stuff like that. But how many, how many diamond sales do you think that he either misses or foregoes because he doesn't have a Facebook or website presence? If people could automatically know where to go to get everything immediately, and I'm talking like people who are still brand spanking new, how many people buy diamonds who are from a veil line animals from people who routinely advertise or have a large Facebook print. Yeah. Enough to uh, well, make diamonds worth it. But yes, I mean, I'm not yeah. saying that Gary is hurting for sales and that, you know, he's never going to sell his shit. I'm just saying that, you know, if uh, I mentioned Gary would probably sell out in three days, if he had everything where people who are just a little bit interested in diamond pythons could go to get his stuff. Um, you know, but that that being said, it's it, it, again he doesn't really need to do it. It's kind of like a weird thing with him, where he has no problem selling out, but he's known for these animals. And if you really want these animals, you won't mind having to go find him and do all this stuff to get them. And you know his line's been out there for so long that he probably doesn't really even want to sell to the people who are like, I really like a diamond. This will be my first snake ever. So you know it's yeah he doesn't want to deal there. with. Yeah, newbies exactly. and stuff like that. So questions. I want to be Gary Vale. I'm going to delete all my shit. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's it, 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 it's kind of like when it goes down to that. But again, like what you said, you know, if you're brand new, you got to do something to get yourself noticed. And unless you're going to work with a single type of Python and devote yourself to it and then wait for the people who are fans of that Python to come to you, you got to put yourself out there. If you're, especially if you're chasing a morph game, if you're going to be a guy who wants to go out there and invest a ton of money in a ton of morphs and do those, and that's it, you have to get your name out there. Otherwise, what makes you any different from the 18 other people that are going to be producing that morph that you just bought this year and are going to keep producing it until you start producing things? You know, that's how you get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're right. I think, uh, <clears throat> I think one of the things that uh, Andy Andy Grossman brought up um, of why he doesn't use a website is because he – I guess he's across four social media platforms, and he sells out animals faster than, you know, than supply can keep up with. So he doesn't really need a website. Um, there's also that part of it. But Andy's very, very <clears throat> – he's very out there. On uh, on on 
at least on Facebook. Uh, you know, I, I, I guess the thing with, you know, that, that always worries me about Facebook is, is that uh, I'm always waiting for it to, to stop being cool, so to speak. Uh, I, I, think, think, I think, I think, Facebook's so big now that it's not really going to be too far away or it's not going to go away. It's going to alter. I, I imagine Facebook is going to evolve and it's going to change. It's going to be something, but I don't think Facebook's ever going to go away. And I realized that when my grandmother joined it. So, you know, that's, it's gone. Yeah, now. but that's it's the thing. Gonna leave. <clears throat> that's the thing. You know, like when your grandma joins Facebook, it becomes uncool to young people. Uh, so you want that, People have gotten fed up with Facebook. I mean, what is it? Isn't Bill Stiegel on a hiatus from social media for the next couple yes. months? Because yeah. people get frustrated with it. So I can totally see it where sometimes your customer base might leave because they don't want to deal with social media. That's totally fine. But if social media is working for you, do it. Keep going. So, yeah, I, I think <clears throat> I think that's the choice you have to make, though. Uh, you have to really decide on whether or not. You know, to me, my my strategy is this, is that mm. I update my website and I update Facebook with the update of my website. So you kind of yeah. know that I'm updating my website and you can go check it out from the link that I put on Facebook. Uh, I use Facebook, you know, like the Facebook page. Uh, and this is just speaking about EB Morelia. Uh, specifically for just posting up pics. Uh, I remember yeah. like, I remember looking at guys and they, I, I think, I think Matt was like, I mean, Matt had so many likes and I was like, how the hell? And, and the, the way, the reason that I respect a guy like Matt is that he didn't pay to get those likes. He didn't do, all you know what I mean? He just, yeah, <laughs> yeah so. he got those likes because people like what he's doing in the hobby. And he has right. freaking killer, uh, you know, short tails. So people are like, all right, this guy's legit. And he posts a lot, you know. Uh, he'll take pictures maybe three times a week, twice a week, something like that. Right. Um, so it's like a constant thing. So I, I, I started saying, okay, well, I'm just going to keep posting pictures up. So every week I would take like, you know, what I would do is I would get a photo session going. Um, I would take you know, like 20, 30 picks. And then I would just bank them. I use this site called buffer. And what buffer does mm -hmm. is, is that you can program out when you want it to post to your, uh, to your Facebook page. You can use it for Twitter. And I think you could do Instagram as well. I'm not sure. And I think now they added YouTube, uh, to that, but I'm not a hundred percent. Um, but anyway, you can time it out so you don't even have to actually be at your computer. So what I, what I would do is, is that I would go and take all these pics uh, and I would set it up. Okay. This is going to post today at this time. And it's going to post today at another time. I think the difference between something like Facebook and say Twitter is Facebook. You're, it seems like with it, Well, the thing that annoys the shit out of me with Facebook is like when somebody goes and posts a pic and then they share it to like every goddamn every group single goddamn group they're involved in. It's like <laughs> it I, just drives me nuts, listen, man. Listen, the the animals that I post in Morelia, etc., are everything that is not a Morelia, because then I take the pictures of the Morelia and post them into the pick of the week, and then I post like a link. I think maybe one or two pictures, or I, I think I post them through Rogue's Facebook page, and there 
you go. That's it. We're done. There's a link right. back to Rogue. There's everything's where it should be, and I'm not going to piss anybody off. It's like I didn't put the Timor Python on the pick of the week. It's in Morelia, et cetera. This way I could put, you know, the carpet pythons into the pick of the week. It's if I see you take the picture of your same goddamn inland carpet, inland, and put it on everything. It's like, you know, there it is. There it is again. And it's, and it's not like it's different angles or different pictures. It's the same freaking picture. So, yeah. you know, or the other thing that is almost as horrendous is when you pretty much fill the Morelia pick of the week with the pictures of the same snake from different angles. You just, like, have, like, a different <laughs> post. Or you, you, have, you have a different post for every snake picture you took that day, and it's, like, four different snakes where you can't just have one post that says update pics and have all the pictures in one thing. I'm sorry. We're getting off topic because I'm angry. So, um, <laughs> just think rough skills, Owen. Rough think, skills, rough skills, oh, rough oh, skills, rough oh, skills. Oh, there oh, you go. Baby. Oh, there we go. Calm Stripe me down. Rough skills. Stripe rough skills. Yeah, my pretty babies. <laughs> well, oh, I, right. think, I think, I think, I think you're right in this way is that I think that when you're posting on Facebook and you, you add like multiple pictures to one thing, uh, I think what you do is you kind of do yourself a disservice to a certain extent because they're not really getting like, you should just pick the best shot and put it up because then people are going to see that one shot and it's going to stand out. Sometimes when you post like four pics or something like that, it kind of gets lost. And it'll be yeah. like one, two, three, four. And on the fourth one, there's a plus 11. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, I don't know. You just, it kind of gets lost to where they might not see that killer animal that you have that's picked number nine because they're just like, oh, yeah, okay, right. flip through it, you know. But the other thing that you can do is that if you, if you have a Facebook page and you post a bunch of pictures in your Facebook page, like, I mean, like, a ton. Like you say, like, oh, took so-and-so outside today. Tons of pictures. And then you do that again with, like, in every single post on your Facebook page, your individual Facebook page is like that. And then you put posts on, like, the pick of the week or Morelli, et cetera, of, like, a sampling of a few of those pictures from all the different animals. People will go back to your personal Facebook page, peruse all that crap, and like it all. There are some people where every once in a while my phone will, like, vibrate off the table because someone is in my Facebook page and they're liking every single individual picture. It's like you have 135 notifications. I'm like, what the hell? It's because someone's gotten into my Facebook page and they have liked or reacted to every single picture I put out in that day. So people will go through them. So um, Yeah, they they, they do. And the objective is of Facebook and those posts, is to get people to go back to your Facebook page. Because if you're going to do a Facebook page and you're going to have a Facebook page dedicated to your business, the, it's the best thing to do for it is to get foot traffic and to get people back to it. So you invite, you know, if you're friends with people on Facebook uh, who are reptile people, you invite them to like your page. And then you try to post things not as your personal page, but you try to feed it through your business page so that people will eventually go back to your business page. It's almost like if you're going to do a website, you want to make sure there are tons of links to it out there and that you have a lot of content content on it so that when people Google things, they get back to your website. If you're going to do a Facebook page, 
it, the entire thing about the Facebook page is just getting people over to it and getting as many right. likes as possible because that's how people start seeing things. So, right. you know, if, if, if you want to do a Facebook page, your personal page should be nowhere near any of the reptile pages out there. It should be all through your business website, your business page. Because I don't care how many reptile Facebook friends you have. It all matters of how many of those people like your business page. Because that's where you're going to do well there. So yeah, yeah. you got to learn how to separate. I agree. And, you know, what I do is, and I've said this before in the show, but what I do is I'll post yeah. it to my page. And then I just sort of, well, I can't say I do this 100% of the time because sometimes I get excited and then I'm like, oh, yeah, one, you know, let me share this right yeah, now. Yeah. But usually what I do is I try to post it to my page on one day and then I share it to – uh, you know, a group the next day. Um, right. I kind of, I kind of admit that, I don't know, man, I go back and forth with this. Like, you know, when it comes to Facebook, you know, there's so many groups out there and like, I've really been trying to cut down uh, the <laughs> amount of groups that I'm in and just right. try to like, pick the best group. Like, okay. So, Obviously, for there there are carpet python specific pages out there, but for me there personally, are. and why, like why where Morelia Pick of the Week came from, is that I always felt that there was this disconnect between the carpet community and the chondro community, and it was trying to like, and it was Reach selfish of me, but it was like, right. okay, well, I want a place where I can put that all together. You know what I mean? And that's right. sort of where Morelia Pick of the Week came from. Now, obviously, when we started Morelia Pick of the Week, scrubs were involved and, uh, you know, um, Owen Pellies and Bolins and all this stuff, which are still, as far as I'm concerned, you know, are still welcome on Morelia Pick of the Week. Heck, we had Jason right. Hood just post up uh, his blackhead going around. I wouldn't, you know, th- there are certain things that we will limit as far as that goes, but I'm not totally against if it's a species that we've talked about on Moray Python radio that, you know, uh, that we, we would put it up there or somebody could we, post a pic really of it, you know, I mean, Scott anything. put his scrub up. Yeah. Right. I mean, we were, was it somebody posted up a carpal and, uh, a bunch of the people on the pick of the week were like, Oh my God, you can't post that here. I'm like, I'm not going to eat fine. He's not trying to sell it, and he's not trolling anybody, so he's fine where he's at. You know, if if he starts picking fights, then I'll weigh in on it. Um, we did have to ban somebody over the weekend for posting just pure goddamn unfiltered insanity on the pick of the week. <laughs> but I missed that. I, that's, I'm, I'm oh, glad you're yeah. paying attention. <laughs> well, I I totally missed it too. Apparently it happened on Morelia, et cetera, as well. And Balin had to post a whole thing about how he apologized for it. And I'm reading the comments and somebody goes, yeah, there's one on the pick of the week too. I'm like, oh shit. So I had to go over there and I read it. I'm like, and click. So, you know, it's obviously within reason, please understand. This is a Facebook page about snake pictures, not other things. Please don't use it as your personal page. You know, right? Come on. Yeah. And the rules are clearly stated on the side what you can do and what you can't do. I had to delete a bite picture earlier this week, which we kind of made a rule against that. Um, so. 
Yeah, that was a topic that uh, let, let's hit that for a second. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I Drama. I know this is a little this is a little bit off topic, but it yeah. kind of ties in, and I'll and I'll, and I'll, I'll segue it in. So it, it, it ties in with putting a good spin and conducting yourself in a professional manner if you're going to run a business off of a Facebook page or a website. Right. Go on. First, yeah. so. Uh, 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 okay, I'm I'm just gonna <laughs> screw it, man. We're just gonna Go talk for it. about it. Do it. So <laughs> let me preface by saying that personally, right? Personally, yeah. I could give two shits less about other reptile people and what they do. That's their business. Yeah. I'm not here to, uh, you know, say that this one is better. And you see a lot of that on Facebook, and that sort of annoys the shit out of me. I, I, right. I, I, take the, I take the road that unless you are involved in a transaction personally or you right. know the person that was involved in the transaction, and uh-huh. they're like – like, for instance, if you, if you got burnt by somebody, Owen, I, I'm, yes. I'm pretty sure that I can take to the bank that you're not telling me some bullshit story. You know what I'm saying? Right. But there's not many people that, you know, that are in that inner circle for me in the hobby. There there there's there's a group of them and but for me to 100% trust that what you're saying is the truth, I don't know. That there's always two sides to a story, so to speak. Of course. And what pisses what pisses me off about Facebook in general uh, besides the politic bullshit, is is the whole thing that like all of a sudden somebody's just going to become an expert in this transaction of people that you don't even really know personally. You just know them from <laughs> online. You know what I'm saying? You can kind of guess do, the pe- how of the breeders that I'm talking pictures. about. Right. I did well, again. I agree. <laughs> I, I, I'll go around. So. Right. <laughs> so. I'll start by saying that. Okay. There was uh, there was a uh, a video that went around mm-hmm. by a certain person that puts up videos weekly of uh, snakes oh. and reptiles. Oh. The, and the, the, was this person blindfolded and getting bit by things? Yes. Well, I'll say okay, what I didn't it was watch snake bites. It was snake okay, yeah. I, I, not? I, It's not like I'm. I'm not. I'm not here to trash anybody. I'm just offering my opinion, and this right. is our platform, so I can offer my Idiot. opinion. That when all, we all want. the drama, <laughs> with all, I, I just for one, I can't understand. God damn, this guy is hated. Jesus Christ, he's <laughs> freaking hated. Like I have I never seen anybody hate, never... and I just, I just don't. No, I mean, I. Nice. <laughs> I I get it to a certain extent if, like, people are, like, no, 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 if, if, like, what people are saying is legit. I can't say that because, number one, I've never bought a snake from the dude. Number two, I I don't know really anybody that – I don't know. I don't know somebody that really has. You know what I mean? Because – I mean, I know – You don't deal with ball pythons. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I know a few people, but unfortunately, all the people who I know have purchased like lizards and stuff. And you know, it and it, and it also goes back to that. You know, obviously, Brian and his crew have never been 
nothing but nice to me. And yes. I can never really say ill of the guy because I have no experience. And um, I can't do it. But you're right. It's like, dear freaking Lord. The dude is hating. He's like punching a baby on the screen. It's like, wow. Now, I personally don't agree because I always tell people who are just getting started where I've kind of talked to a few people who were friends of mine before I did snakes and they too have gotten into snakes or I met them through other circumstances and then they kind of got into snakes. And it's like I always told them the golden rules that I kind of have are uh, (laughs) don't ever say, don't ever comment anything you know nothing about. Um, never post a picture or video of a bite or a feed and um, never, ever, ever show a video of you dealing with an animal that is either unsafe or dangerous. So, and that's it. Done. Those three, you can stick to those three rules. You'll do all right. Because right. the second you start sharing nothing but videos of you getting ripped into by your scrubs, you're helping the whole thing of, you know, scrubs are evil. Now, listen, I'll get bit and I'll text my friends pictures of bites because I think it's funny because I'm a sick individual like that. But that's all private. I don't post it on social media. In my opinion, social media is like opening your front window and screaming out into the world things. So I'm not going to open my front window and scream that my snake just bit me because that's really not going to lead to good places. So I don't advertise that. And the other thing is, while you're talking about the video of Barcheck getting bit, um, on my Facebook, what was shared like 10 million times is that dude talking wacky to that King Cobra that was loose in his room. Did you see that video at all? But it was the King Cobra that was kind of dancing around. And that thing was, that that's a dangerous thing to do. Very, very, very dangerous. You lost me. Son of a bitch. What the hell? Oh, uh, I'm lost. <laughs> Eric's gone. So, <laughs> I'm lost to me. But anyway, it's a video of a guy dealing with a king cobra in his snake room. It's out of its cage. It's running amok. It's doing all these other things, and he's talking to it wacky, and that's a very dangerous situation because, boiled down to you, that's a king cobra. And I know people are going to yeah. shout that it's a venomoid and other things like that, but people don't understand is that venomoid king cobras, um, or venomoid cobras, venomoid venomous, can still regenerate their venom ducts, can still regenerate their venom glands. Even if they have the false uh, synthetic venom gland inserted, they can generate a venom gland around it there still should be considered a deadly animal. And to have that video on the internet is like that, that, that the reptile community does not need this horse shit. So you should keep that crap to yourself. Share it with your friends. We're going to get a good laugh at it and tell them not to put it on social media. So that's how Well, yeah, I'm sorry. I kind of dropped out. I don't know what happened, but uh, I'm, I'll blame the dog. I don't know really what uh, hit on or what you didn't, but you know, I I guess the thing that uh, that sort of turned me off to that situation, like I I I understand to a certain extent 
if you want to promote something, you sort of have to. I I I, I can sort of understand to a, to a certain extent, like you know, you want to capture that person that you want to get that click. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. Uh, I've listened to reptile radio interviews uh, with with Brian, and he and he talked about how you know he knows that he did that and whatnot, and you know again, mm-hmm. I just see to me, I, I've said this a million times, it's called vote with your dollar. You just don't or right. vote with your time or whatever. Like, shut up. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> if you if you're not, then okay, then eventually people will stop listening and or 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 uh watching or whatever and you know then you do it for fun or whatever uh but i just don't understand the purpose of 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 that whole but i just i just don't get it and so what i'm not out there bashing anybody or anything like that i just simply won't watch that anymore like to me that's like a total turnoff and it i just think it makes the hobby look bad and i know there was a few people that were posting videos but i guess like for me i like the way that there's a guy in the ball python world called justin kabulka and basically mm-hmm. he made a video and he just he briefly touched on it and then he sort of said like look this is not what i'm going to do so i'm going to make an effort to do a video once a week and uh, i'm going to try to promote these animals and try to uh get people to uh you know to appreciate them now you know that might be a longer road and it might take longer right. but i think at the end of the day his integrity is going to be much better than some of the other people. Uh, there's another guy that's the big retic guy that does the same mm-hmm. thing. And it's just like, although his, uh, you know, animals are beautiful and all this other stuff, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know, just sitting in a, in well, a big cage with retics snapping at your face, nailed every five minutes. Not yeah, it's really not, promoting not, retics not, in a positive way. In, not in doing my opinion. well. It, it, yeah. And well, the problem is that what I have with it is, is that, you know, obviously these are the reptiles. You're going to take a hit. You're going to get bit. And to be honest, after you get bit the first, like, five times, you really stop caring about it. I mean, it, some of them will hurt, but as long as you don't get bit by one of your adults, you're really good. It's just the way it happens. But to promote the fact that the animals that you have are fighting cause can draw blood and cause damage, that's got to hurt your image somewhere. If not your image, the species that you're promoting's image. I mean, what is it? We, we keep trying to shake that carpet pythons are nasty. And if I posted a picture of every time a little tiny baby hatchling carpet bit me, I'd be doing it every goddamn day. But that's a hatchling baby carpet python. They bite all the time. It doesn't hurt, but every day. You know, but yeah. then there's some people who are like, I pulled all these beautiful babies out of their mother's coils, and then she nailed me. And I'm like, oh, well, now everyone sees these beautiful babies and your bloody stump of a hand. It's like, that's, don't do that. You were doing well before. It's like that. You can say she bit you. Don't put include a picture. We all know what it looks like. It's a lot of blood. So yeah. it's, and now we all have the thing of that, up oh, carpets are nasty. So, you know, it happens. You know, right. I got tagged by my white lip twice <laughs> in one week on the same <laughs> damn finger. She's right. a bitch. She, she's evil. 
But, right. you know, I think the only people I sent the picture to were like you and Matt Minnetola, and that's it. You know? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not against do. I'm not against no. sharing that in a private message or anything like that. And, you know, because I know it happens and, you know, obviously uh, for whatever reason, there's this, there is, I'll speak for myself. It's like when you get bit, you're like, Oh shit, you know, check this yeah. out. You know what I mean? And you yeah. send it to your friend and it's oh, just like, you know, uh, yeah. but I don't know. I just don't go and post it out in the open for everybody to see. And I, I, again, I'm not, I'm not here to say that I'm like the reptile police and that if you do that, somehow you're banned or bad or anything like that. Not at all. I just personally do it. And in the group that we run, we just don't think that that's an appropriate way to do things. Well, you know, if it, it, and, it also goes, what is it also goes back to the, what is it? Live feeding videos you know yeah just we, we all we all know what happens don't and it all goes back well, to if you're going to try to conduct yourself in a profession it all goes back to if you're going to try to conduct yourself in a professional manner and run your business off your facebook page do you think people are going to be immediately turned off if the first thing they see when they come onto your facebook page is a picture of like this adorable bunny hopping around a bin as the retic gets ever closer it's like that's I guarantee you you're going to lose a few people. I I'll guarantee. take it a step further. You know what? You know what? Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but remember when that guy had the Burmese python and the dog? No, I don't want to remember that. I do not want to remember that. That is horrible. Okay. That is exactly. like ingrained in my brain. Ugh. Yes. And I'm sure that guy got tons of shares and likes and, you know, whatever. And that's probably, oh. I have to believe that that's probably what his – end game was but you know to me that was just like oh no 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 oh, no, man. no no i think this, this is just so bad in every way you've take the most popular pet in the world that people probably like them more form. than they like their family and you get it eaten you, you get it on uh, uh on a video uh get a snake eating it what the hell do you think people are gonna do like, do you think yeah. that people are just going to be like, okay, that's great? Uh, you know? No. I, I, I don't know, man. That's just I, snakes, that's just a bad move. Snakes, but, snakes and pythons do not need help being a feared species. <laughs> okay, they do not yeah. need help becoming one of those things that people are so creeped out about. They will not allow their significant other, boyfriend, girlfriend, friend, child buy from you okay so by by doing things like that you're just gonna hurt yourself your sales and everyone else around you especially that dog one dude that one made me sick to my freaking stomach and yeah that was uh, if i ever see that oh didn't somebody from like your work post that on like your facebook page it's like hey eric look at this thing and you were like delete delete quickly yes so yes Oh, yeah, some, yeah, somebody that knows I like snakes that, uh, you know, they're just like, uh, yeah, uh, Eric, you know, it's a, it's a longtime friend of mine. And he's just like, oh, Eric will think this is, can you believe this, man? And I'm like, stop freaking sharing it. Don't swear. Stop sharing it. God. Don't share it. <laughs> you know, yeah, I know like, people, oh, my I know God, don't like... you see that you're bringing more attention by, yeah. you know. <laughs> so it's just like, and, and I know... it's. It's like Howard Stern used to do. He used to say stuff, yeah. 
just to shock people. And people would tune in just because they're like, well, what's he going to say next? This guy's an that's asshole, the, but you're still listening. That's, the term that's the whole shock point. Jock came from. <laughs> shock yeah, I'm shocking you, and now I'm getting yes. attention. It's like that's yeah. It, it's like, Even and I know people say that like, of course. And there's there's yeah. no uh, people will always say there's no such thing as bad publicity, which unfortunately in this day and age there is a ton of things worse than that. So it's it, 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 bad publicity is a very big thing, but. And I know people were saying that, that that video with the dog, it was, uh, like, a different country. Um, there wasn't any uh, – the video cut out once the berm made contact, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, it, it's still – you put a puppy in the cage with a berm. It's like you knew what was going to happen. It's like that's that's horrible. And, and it's uh, crazy. Yeah, and it's cra- as yeah. crazy as it sounds – I was going to say, yeah. as crazy as it sounds, like for us, me personally, I don't like rodents at all, not even a little bit. Yeah. You know, I just nah, yeah, I I personally, <laughs> they, they they just skeeve me out. It doesn't mean I'm going to run around and kill them, but I'm just not affected when I see a snake eat a rodent like I would right. be when I see a snake eat a dog. But that being said, there are people out there that love rodents, that love rats, that, right. you know, they're, they're really like it's a stupid animal it's just like it's probably the same way people are skeeved about uh you know snakes or reptiles is probably it the is. same way that i'm skeeved out about about hey. rats everybody's got their thing i mean uh and it's just like the way it is but it's like i the reason i purchased all my rats uh frozen thought is because they are killed humanely and frozen sure. and all the other fun stuff and it's like i'm like all right cool Quick death, nobody's really getting really upset about it. Like It's just like how my steak ends up on my plate. So, you know, I, I don't really like hearing about all this stuff where we're like, I took the rat and popped it on the head. It's like that's another thing is that you need to <laughs> – it all goes back to conducting yourself in the community, whether it's a website or Facebook or a show. If you do it professionally, you're going to have success. If you act like an asshole – People are going to treat you like an asshole. <laughs> so it it all goes back to that thing. Um, it's 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 just the way it is. I don't ever I never liked feeding live to my guys because you know a rat's going to fight for its life. Could injure my snake. The snake might not be a very good hunter. There was always the stories of the people who were like, oh, they're getting along, and then they come down later, and the rat has like chewed half of the snake off. It's like that's. There's a lot of shit yeah. that can go wrong there. So I That's prefer, happened to me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was it uh I had a friend who had a black face white lip whose eye was ripped out by a rat. Just just plucked it right out of its head during a coil. And it's like right. oh shit. So it's like and now that white lip, which was perfect for steam, is now missing an eyeball. So Right. You you gotta watch it, that kind of stuff. So it's it is what it is, and of course, like, would you pick? Would you take a picture of snake with its eyeball ripped out and post it on your Facebook page and your website? No, no, no. of course not. But but people have that disconnect where it's like, you know, it bit me everywhere. It's like that. No, don't do that. So I think, and and I and I, I keep trying to bring this back to the topic because it keeps coming back up in my head is that I think with Facebook, it's a little bit more loosey-goosey, kind of liberal, you know, throw up anything I feel like. It's totally cool. It's just hanging with my friends, picture share, picture share. 
and you could get kind of buried underneath your own stuff and realize that you really kind of hurt yourself. Uh, when it comes to website, almost like because it has that disconnect, it's like job versus home. Um, it kind of is almost like more professional. I, you rarely, how many times have you ever seen somebody on their professional website having pictures of bike pics? Unless like we're talking like a venomous website where they're talking about like the dangers of this is what it looks like or something like that. Right. Yeah, hardly ever. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'll, t- I'll spin it around into, uh, yeah. into a positive. Um, I think one of the things that was brought up. Well, I got two, two comments. The, the one thing that yeah. was brought up on the, on the question that I posed is that, yeah. um, that basically. Uh, you get to know the person a little bit better um, from Facebook because you can actually see what they're doing. It becomes a little more personal if you see, you know, what is Owen doing on Saturday night? Oh, look, he's, you know, Nothing. doing this, blah, he blah, blah. No you know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe change the show to Saturday from Saturday to Tuesday. No, because... you promise. <laughs> he's, he, he's, he's not doing anything. So, yeah, it was Jason Angel. I, I, yeah. He said uh, this is more of a hobby, and basically by seeing – you can click on somebody's profile, and you can see, you know, what's, what they're doing or, you know, what they're into or what kind of person are they. Well, Obviously, if you're posting up crazy shit, you know, they're going to be like, yeah, I might not right. want to do business with you that know, person. But before I, well, before I buy an animal, I like to stalk everybody who ever produced it, you know. I need to know the inner workings of their mind and figure out exactly what makes them tick. Or I'll just try the animal <laughs> I think it's cool. So yeah, it's like yeah, I do understand that, too. that I there's that maybe. I do understand the wanting to know the person on a personal level, but you also right. you gotta understand is that uh, it's like I will not post a lot of the snake stuff on my personal page. Because I my personal either. page I'm friends with a lot of people who aren't really into snakes. Hate to right. break it to you guys, that happens. So sure. I do have a lot of friends who are into snakes. So it, stuff trickles in, stuff trickles out. I will post pictures on Rogue's Facebook page, or I'll post it. I'll create a post on a page myself. I'll rarely ever put anything on my personal Facebook page. If you're going to go to my personal Facebook page to try to see how I am as a snake keeper, you're really just going to find a bunch of pictures of zero and my nephew. <laughs> So yeah. if you can try to figure out how I deal with my snakes compared to how I treat the dog, it's uh, going to be a little different. <laughs> and right. um, it's going to be a lot different than how I treat the kid. So it's just how it goes. So, well, you know, and I, and I do understand that, but you can also open up a freaking dialogue with the breeder through the website or through their, or through another Facebook page, or you can talk to them at a show. It's like having a, Going to the personal Facebook page to get a read on the person is like, okay, so you didn't feel like actually having a conversation with me, so you're going to look at everything and then decide, as opposed to like actually approaching me well, and asking me how I keep and what's going on. Well, I, th- I think probably what he was probably getting at, too, is probably it's a little bit easier um, to deal with. You know, you're putting a face with a name. Uh, you can right. you can PM them really quick. It's you know you know what I mean. Like I guess there's people right. out there that you know 
if you're an asshole in real life, more than likely you're going to be an asshole breeding snakes too. Oh, I mean, likely. that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, if you're an asshole, you're an asshole. It's really how it goes. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. no escaping it. Um, that doesn't mean that. So. That doesn't mean that. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you. Uh, you know, you can't be an asshole and still be a good snake breeder. You could. You know, there are people out yeah, there, there that are. Plenty are of yeah, yeah. There are plenty absolutely. of people who are. Who are fantastic who are fantastic snake breeders. But the second you meet them, you're like, What's wrong with this person? You know Because probably like, they don't like people. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean and that's okay. Fine. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Just wholesale all your stuff and call it a day, you know? I mean Exactly. We've all bitched about, you know, different things as far as the hobby goes and like sometimes the people part of it is kind of well, I should say the customer service part of it can be a little <laughs> bit frustrating at times. We've all had those, you know, tire kickers and send me a pick and then you don't hear from them and you know all these different kind of things. Uh, oh, but oh, uh, you, you have a guy who wants an animal and then it takes him two years to actually pull the goddamn trigger on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've all had those guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know. Meanwhile, uh, that guy's buying every morph under the sun. So, you know, what a jerk this guy what is, a man. Jerk. What a jerk. What a God damn. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. You should have you should have you should have stayed strong, man. And kept I your animal. No, I had to become a <laughs> I had to become a co-host on a radio show to get you to buy the animal. That's my level of dedication, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I devoted 5 even, years of my life for that 100. I didn't even spend that much. You. That's all that your your I 5 know. years is worth. <laughs> hey. Don't you yeah. tell me what my five years was worth. It was worth that at the time. Anyway, but yeah. it's like that's, but, but the whole point is that it, it, if it's fractured like that, you know, it's, I almost feel like having a more professional feel to your reptile breeding hobby or business. It all goes back down to the, is it a hobby? Is it a business? If it's a hobby, yeah. you probably can skate with a Facebook page, but yeah. If you're spending over a grand on a couple animals, the second the money starts, and 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 Crystal, I mean, and I were talking about this at uh, White Plains. I don't know how the topic came up, but he talked about money in and tallying, and it's like, have you ever sat down and tallied how much money you've spent on your reptile business? Oh my god, I would probably it, quit. Like, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. If you're like me, you'll get as far as how much you've spent on on uh, thermostats and quit because it's just it's just like I don't want to know anymore. If you sit yeah. there and you're like, well, I have I have six Herbstat fours and they're all about four hundred and fifty dollars a piece when I bought. No, 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 I'm done. I don't want to talk anymore. I don't want to. I'm leaving. And you leave the snake room because if you sat there and you realized how much money you poured into this thing, you know, it, it's it's going to be astronomical. If it becomes that point where you start sitting down and realizing that you spent a significant amount of money, I'm talking over $15,000 oh, on your snake. Hell yeah. I, of course you have. So have I. Yeah. So right. it's like when you start realizing that you've spent over about $15,000 on your snake room, your, your snakes and the accoutrement, it, it's time to be. It's time to get serious because it, it, it's not a hobby anymore. Unless you're, unless you're a billionaire, it's like it, it's not a hobby anymore. You you put a significant chunk of change 
into this, it's time to take it seriously. But if yeah. you're a guy that has – you've built your own cages. You have – the most expensive animal in your group is like, uh, let's say, a $600 jungle that you got from a friend for like 200 bucks, and you're, you're like using secondhand thermostats or whatever the hell, and everything's working great. All the animals are healthy and happy, and you're breeding – Maybe you don't have to take it to a different level. Maybe you're good with just a Facebook page. Maybe you're even that kind of guy who has his own personal page who says, hey, I produce these animals. Anybody want to call me, I'll sell you one. Or you just do shows. That's fine. There's, there's 10 million ways to skin the cat. Just figure out what you're happy with. And yeah, you can be I, successful using all those. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, um, I think you're right as far as like deciding where you want to go and what you want to do. And that doesn't mean that you have to have it all mapped out right at the beginning. I mean, you may start small and slowly build yourself up. I mean, if you've listened to a lot of people that have been on our podcast or other people's podcast, I think the one thing that they always say is like, you know, Hey, I started with a few snakes and then I kind of got the bug. And then, you know, it's like two snakes becomes 20 snakes and 20 snakes becomes (laughs) 40 snakes. And it really depends on the, your time. The meme that was going around. Thank you. Like, yeah. No one ever has like four snakes. It goes from like <laughs> yeah. twelve. I'm like, yeah. son of a bitch, they're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you can again, you know, you can have twenty snakes and and still you can still have a website and be uh, do yeah. it. As as a business, you could, you know, I mean, I know some of the Condro people out there, they don't have huge. I mean, look at Gary, but, uh, but not Gary, what but, the hell was his name? Uh, Jesus Christ, uh, Greg Maxwell. I mean, when yeah, he was yeah, on, yeah. Uh, when he was on Reptile Radio the first time, I think he talked about like he had, you know, he's like, <laughs> I remember because Larry and BT were like, they asked him, like, so how, how big is your collection? He's like, yeah, I have about 40 to 50 snakes. And they're like, wait a minute, hold on. You have 40 to 50 snakes and that's it? Where these guys had, like, hundreds. You know, but, it, it was sort of like this 40, thing if you didn't have, like. Snakes. But yeah, but. 40 to 50 snakes of what value? Like, I mean, well, that's exactly. Grand. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that if you're going to breed chondros on any kind of level, I think I can't I can't think of anybody but maybe the barn that does it on any kind of level more than that. Like, can you think? Yeah. I, I can't. I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm not like in and out of uh, of well, all the different chondro breeders, but I can't think of. It seems like, and I think that's the difference between say carpet people and chondro uh-huh. people is that chondros. They seem to be fine-tuned into what they're doing, and it's like they're in this little, this little bubble, and this is their mm. project, and this is what they're focused on, and they keep that focus because these snakes have have kept their focus. Where I don't know, you see, you see, I, I can't say this is a majority, but you know, most people that keep carpets, I would say, would you say what ninety percent of them keep other pythons as well, right? Whereas if you look at chondros, it seems like from what I see, and this is just my observation, I'm not saying that this is reality, uh, that, you know, 90%, well, maybe not that, let's say 80% of chondro people, uh, you know, just keep chondros. You know what I mean? It's like, 
I think, well, Buddy and Bill are different, but even even Buddy, I mean, he has he has the majority of his collection in his Condros, and then he has like two other projects or three well, other projects. He has rhinos and diamonds, exactly, and, and the diamonds, something else, those little right. green things. But the majority right. of Buddy's collection is Condro. You're correct, but compared the compared the adult the number of adult breeding animals that Buddy Buscemi has to say you or I, where we're gonna do. I think I tallied it up. I have 26 breeding pairs going on right now. And that's everything from Cali Kings, Corn Snakes, to Olive Pythons, White Lips, Carbon Pythons, and everything in between. So about 26 animals, pairs. Right. Buddy has like four. But he has like maybe like we'll say, what, 10, 12 adult breeding pairs of chondros tops? Probably, yeah. Yeah. And then he's got the like two... 0.2 diamonds and the 2.2 rhinos. So it's pretty small, and maybe he'll pump out two or three chondro clutches a year. But all his projects are set to be something, to produce this, to produce that. And he has the money invested in all those things, and he has a very good website. It's like... Yeah. It, 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 and it goes down to that. It's like, I mean, what Bill has... I think even smaller number of conjures, but he's dialed into those kind of things where he's got his particular projects. It's like, and honest to God, if you're going to spend that much money on an animal like that, you're going to want to go and spend it from somebody who has a very nice website, a very cool presence, someone who has a good reputation. You know, I am not going to go drop $2,000 off of, the days of a Polaroid picture in the mail are done. It's like, can you imagine trying to sell a $2,000 Chondro with like a printed out picture that I'm going to mail you. You're going to tell me if it's cool by mailing me back. And then I'll send you the Chondro. If I told no. you that's how I sold snakes now, how would you like it? No, nobody would do that. No one no. would do that. People lose their well, damn minds. I'll tell you so, what, you know, you okay. see Chondros all the time. You see them posted yeah. up and, there's there's Ever. tons of good chondro breeders and these guys yes. have beautiful snakes. You know the guy that I would buy a two thousand dollar chondro from, Dave Who's D. That? Dave yes. D. Why? Because when I go and I look at his website, I'm freaking blown away. It's got top notch yes. pictures. It's got his animals like all laid out, perfect. Like you know, it has like this vibe to it. And and, and to me. And, I, and this is just coming from the consumer point of view. You know, I'm scared to death to buy a chondro of, for that much money because, you know, I'm still trying to dial in just freaking keeping them, let alone breeding them. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, but if if I were gonna if I was gonna do that, that's that's that would probably be the route that I would go. I would buy from Buddy. I would buy from Bill. I would buy from them because. I know those guys and I know that they're, you know, top notch. And, you know, I was listening to their show um, this past week that they did on Sunday. And, you know, a good mm-hmm. point that they brought up is, uh, and they did like a Condro round table. And if you get a second, you should check it out uh, for people that haven't listened to it. Um, but, uh, you know, they brought up the point of, you know, they 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 talked about the contra market at at the end of the show and 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 they were sort of like you know so if you have it seems like the higher end market is is pretty much is solid you know 
somebody that's going to invest two thousand plus dollars in a snake that's a particular person it's not a lot of people that are going to do that but those right. particular people know what they want and they're going to go and they're going to get it and they know where to go um, right the the one that's a little more difficult is is that when and it's the same thing that we go through with carpets but just in a different way so with chondros you know you're competing with the uh you know imported. the stuff that's coming in that's imported right you know, and the amount of time that goes into raising up a baby chondro and, you know, let's say that uh baby sarongs come in and, you know, from, from the importer and he wants, uh, you know, I don't know, 300, three, think, 300 bucks. Yeah, three, and two to th- 400 is what they're at, I see. Right. So Depending the cat that's born and bred, they're probably, you know, 400 to 500. So, the amount of time that goes into raising that chondro to where it's sellable, you know, it's right. eating good and all that. That's a lot of time. And it is the, the thing that, that people don't understand is like, they just see the price and they're not willing to fork over that extra hundred bucks. Now I'm not, I am not against like bringing in new stuff uh, at all, but I, I think that, you know, and I used to get frustrated with, you know, the the Chondro guys for not having, like, locality stuff because, you know, it's just like, well, they're not really – they can't really compete because nobody's going to go and buy, uh, you know, an animal that's uh, 500 bucks um, right. when they can go and buy that same – well, not the same, but they can buy the same type of animal for 250 to 400 bucks. You know, and they think that they're saving, but the one thing that they missed, and I I know we hit on this point before is that, you know, you're actually buying time with that breeder as well, you know, because he's going to be able to tell you uh, the problems and stuff. And it just seems like that message just doesn't sink into, to newbies. And I don't know why, but for some reason it continues to be the same thing where that, that, uh, that market, uh, you know, they, they, it's, they're not really uh, trying to compete with it because it's like, well, why am I going to just produce a clutch uh, and, uh, you know, put all this work into it and then not be able to sell these animals because I'm competing with, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah reptiles uh, that are selling them for, for shit. And, you know, they're all, they're not eating and it's hit or miss, you know, there are well, some guys out there that, that take these babies and, and put them on the right, right. track and, you know, uh, well, that's what uh, Rob used to do. Work. Ryan Burke, yeah. you know, he used to yeah. do it as well. But uh, I would pay a premium for that because you know they've sort of done the hard work. I know Dave has done he's done that as well. Uh, but to me, you're 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 buying their expertise, so to speak, right? Um, to help and uh, you know, I don't know, guys. And I, I, I guess it doesn't really turn into a website type of deal. But I think that 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 promoting yourself in that kind of vein um, is 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 really kind of uh, I don't know. It, it's really how you should approach it. Not not right. to uh, get off to change the gears again, but I just wanted to make sure that, you know, we talked about the negative side of like YouTube videos and stuff, but I also want to oh, talk yeah. about the positive side, you know, yeah. guys like the K brothers, I think yes. they do a top notch job and they do, they do an awesome job. They don't, they're, they're not really negative. They get on, they, they sort of, 
you know, give you a tip or show you some animals or <clears throat> that kind of thing. And yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a, there's right on the beginning of their video, there's a shot where the olive python has come shooting out of the cage and, you know, is trying to bite but that, them. But, but to happens. me, it doesn't have that same effect as right. what the other guys are doing. So it's the same thing in a way, but in a way it's not. So when I look at that, I'm just like, Oh well, if you're going to deal with an olive python, this is probably something you're going to run into. You so should know. you should well, probably know that many, this is going to happen. How many times does Steve Irwin have to dodge crocodile, snake, insert animal here? That's fine, and I mean, and every once in a while they did tag him. So you got to understand that yes, this is going to happen. But you know, to to blatantly have it advertised as the everyone's bleeding and screaming, it goes back to like, um, what is it, Steve Irwin's gets bit by a snake, and he's like, ow, and does all this stuff. And then you have Brady Barr get bit by a retic in a cage, <laughs> and, and he's screaming his head off. It's like, it's like yeah. proper proper reaction, not a very good one. It's like that's yeah. kind of where it's like proper display that these animals can bite and can be dangerous, not a very good one. It's like that's kind of where it goes. It's um, – in my in my head, at least. So, and it's uh, and it's kind of it's it, it's it's weird like that. Um, the YouTube videos. I mean, there are ten million people out there who will have uh, a video just going through the collection, talking about shows, talking about this, talking about that. And there are some great ones out there, and that is a great way to self promote yourself. Um, Heck yeah! It's yeah. Home, it, and it, it's and it's and I've said it a million times one of the best decisions I ever made for my business was to decide to be a co-host on this goddamn fiasco. So it's <laughs> just like, you know, if we hadn't done this, I honestly would be the guy that would have just a few snakes in my snake room, take them to a show, sell them, wholesale them, maybe call it a goddamn day. I wouldn't have half the projects I have. I wouldn't have, I would know half the people I know. And I would not have done half the things I've done. I would definitely not have ever gone to Tinley. would have never gone to Texas. Wouldn't know half the friends I have in this community. So it's like getting yourself out there and putting yourself out there and then making sure that you conduct yourself in a proper manner is the best promotion for your business. The website, the Facebook page, it's, you can make that decision all you want. Um, that, that doesn't matter. But there is an upside to the YouTube stuff. There's also the downside to the YouTube stuff. There's like – there's two sides to every freaking coin here. Um, but go back to the conjure thing real quick. Uh, were you ever, were you shocked about how big conjure babies really are when they hatch? Hell yeah. <clears throat> and I, I think I know why is because every baby conjure I ever saw at a reptile show, I always thought it was a baby. That's a freaking yearling. So it's like, I, when we first saw the babies at Buddy's house, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's a baby corn snake on a stick. He goes, no, that's really how they go. And I'm like, I'm like, holy shit. I was expecting carpet python size. So it's like every baby chondro, I, every baby, like, quotes, I had ever seen, it took time to get that big. It wasn't, that's not a fresh hatchling they threw in a box. That is a almost year-old thing. It's ridiculous. And the same thing goes with baby rough scales. It's like, holy shit. So, um, Are they just as tiny? Not as tiny, but they're still pretty fucking tiny. Um, they got big oh, heads, wow. Though. So it's like uh, they're not 
I think I think chondro babies are like chihuahuas. Like they're it's like oh my god, if I breathe on it wrong, it's gonna die. So well, they're not and, big uh, snakes. They're uh, exactly. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Another thing is all the chondros you see at shows are huge and unhealthy. It's like it's, you're like oh my god, it's huge. Like that thing is fat. It's like they're not very big animals. And the same thing goes with rough scales. They're not very big animals, but their babies are still bigger than chondro babies. So that was my biggest shock and why people tend to – I was talking with somebody. Uh, I was actually talking to other buddies about this because he, um, he was wanting to know uh, – I think he was bitching about how uh, he never sees chondro breeders at, like, Hamburg. And how he wants to do that. And I go, well, you're going to compete with this, this, and this. And he goes, yeah, but if I do this, and do I'm like, yeah, you could. But, you know, I'm like, I would never bring Condros to Hamburg. And he goes, why not? I'm like, because I have to try to get past all the dealers that I know have baby Condros there that have them for a 100 bucks less than my Condros. And my Condros aren't the ones you drive to a show to drop thousand dollars on because I'm not willing to spend that money to get those chondros. So <clears throat> yeah. I would never bring chondros to a show. Hamburg, Hell no. maybe if I had them, but Hitley, yes. you know. Well, that's because the other thing we talked about is how there wasn't any. There was that one guy with baby chondros at Tinley. The one we talked to had the Rico babies. Um yeah. and that, and that was it. And it's like, well, come on, guys. <laughs> Where the hell are you guys? So. Um, yeah, but that was what we were talking about. But it, it's like I don't know. Well, I would think that okay. So I, I get what other buddy is saying, uh, and yes. uh, I I kind of fell into that same sort of thought. But I think yes. what I have decided for myself is that as far as me, when it comes to selling snakes. For one, you know me. I like to hold on to stuff for never a while. Never sell them. Ever. <laughs> and never sell. Ever, ever. But uh, yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't know if Hamburg is the right spot for that. Like to me, so. to me, I would much rather. And this would be my advice to other buddy is that it's so funny that we call him other buddy. But no, anyway. no, 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 don't bring attention to it. That is <laughs> right. You so understand that. So what I would advise him to do is that instead of doing Hamburg, what, one, two, how many shows did it got? One a quarter? So what, every so other like month. Five, five shows a year? Six yeah, shows a year? Yeah. Okay. So rather than going, because you got to get gas, I'm sure he does. He lives, what, probably as far as the rest of us do. So he's taking an hour or so. He's got to get his animals yeah. together. He's got to buy display cages. He's got to, you know, he'll probably go to those shows and he'll probably have a good dollar amount on his chondros. I think that a lot of the people there are either looking for a pet, just getting into reptiles or coming there to buy their food and talking to various vendors that they know. And then they're rolling. Uh, I could be wrong right. when it comes to that, but it, unless, not. you know, you have like pre-sale stuff like, you know, oh, I'm coming to pick this up. I already bought this. Oh, I'm going to go there. There are times where you, you go there and you're like, oh, this is really cool. I'm going to buy it. But I don't think that you go there looking to spend uh, 500 plus on an animal no. unless it's a pre-sale, right? So, yeah. like, what's the uh, point I, of me doing that? I would much rather do 
Tinley Park where I stand a better chance of doing that. And I'm promoting myself to people that are not in my backyard, so to speak. Right. You know what I mean, like, but you, you mentioned you're a condor breeder, and the only show you do once a year is Tinley Park. So you take your condros, and the ones you don't sell online, you bring with you to Tinley Park. I'm talking babies, yearlings from last year. It's like you could have a good display, a good table of condros um, of all varying sizes, colors, other shit like that. And then you get like a big display for some adults. It's like you could rock that place. Oh, dude, the snakes, the snakes, I mean, you can't deny whether you like them or not. I mean, Jesus Christ, they're one of the prettiest pythons out there. I mean, come on, man. It's it's hard to compete with. I mean, when they hatch as babies, they're either bright red or bright yellow. So, like, okay, as opposed to arc dirt snakes. (laughs) They look like dirt and mud, dude. It's like, oh, man. I've said this a million times. If chondros could grow to adult size and stay red, I'd have 12 of them, all right? Just because I love that color. They're like hot rod red, and it's like, dear God. Um, yeah. But it, it's like, and, and you're right, and even then, just the progression. We all say that we, you know, that we all worry, we all talk about animals like sickness and things like that, but some chondros that are like just green and yellow, with the yeah. right amount of green and the right amount of yellow, they're still gorgeous animals. So you're telling me you couldn't get a bunch of really nice acrylics with sticks in them, stick the damn chondro on it, then have a bunch of babies of like some from last year, maybe the the ones that took the food really quickly from this year, maybe even once or two years ago, have them all on those arboreal acrylics that we see all over the freaking place and set up a really nice table and not make freaking bank? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I again, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, at some point, I'm going to be adding chondros back in. I, I, I do. I will not be. I, am, I, that, that train I have not, failed. I have so. not given up on them, but I think that, <laughs> I think that, I think that, that what I have to do though is figure out, I think, I think for me personally, what happened is I deal with a lot of bulletproof snakes, right? Carpets right. are freaking bulletproof. I mean, they're just bulletproof. They're they're tough snakes. You know, they live in uh, right. crazy environments. The one that I have the most trouble with is the one I I, use, I I really like the most is IJs because they're a little bit trickier when it comes to keeping them. And it probably has to do with the fact of oh, they're not from Australia. I think that the Australia species are you know they're freaking tough as nails, dude. Like if you yeah. if the temperature dips down to fifty degrees at night. As long as they're warming up the next day, they don't give a shit. You know, it's like, I don't know, man. I just, to me, they're just, chondros are not that way. Like my Angolan pythons are tough. My Antaresia is tough. Uh, You know, my Walma is tough. Uh, You know, it seems like the olives are pretty, you know, are pretty tough. But when you start dealing with like things like white lips, uh, ring pythons, uh, chondros, yeah. these type of species where, yeah, that's a little tricky when it comes to hide. Like you can't skip, you can't skip filling their water bowl. You can, you know, with a no. carpet. No, I'm not saying to do this, and I'm not saying that I do this. I'm just saying, like, if you didn't fill that water bowl, I mean, you know, they're not, they're not gonna die. But if well, you me, do that me, with me, with I'll, the chondro. 
It's going to die. I'll, White I'll put it this way. Uh, <laughs> dead. I'll put it this way. Uh, when I clean my bowls, I'll pull everybody's water bowls and I'll disinfect them. And then I'll put them back in their cages empty so that they dry overnight. The only animals that I will then take the extra step to dry their bowl and then refill it with water immediately are the white lips and the chondro. Everybody else, I'm like, I will be back down tomorrow, and I usually am right after work, and fill up everybody's water bowl right afterwards, which they all take a drink, and then they leave it alone for like a week. Um, Right. That's fine. Won't try it with the chondros. Won't try it with the white lips. And actually, my white lips got a my adult white lips got a little dry this past week. Um, right. And you could see it on their skin that they were a little bit dry. And also the yeah. fact that they've been fighting, that it's not helpful for them. So I separated them. And these are two of the most unhappy animals ever. And they actually both laid there as I misted them with this tiny little spray bottle and didn't try to kill me. So I'm like, okay, we really like water. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So it's, yeah, I would not chance it with them. And you're exactly correct. Where it's like you can have a few fragile animals, but you got to pay attention to them as opposed to the bulletproof ones. Eh, you guys are fine. <laughs> Nothing's going to hurt yeah. you guys. So, yeah, I mean, the approach that I took just uh, again, listen, listening to the, you know, buddy and, and, and Bill trying to trying to get my bearings and get myself back on track when it comes to chondros is like, you know, I, I had a bunch and then I lost a bunch and it was like, I don't understand why these just, you know, I mean, I think the thing that, that shook me the most was the baby Aru that I had from Bill. It was like, yeah, this animal was perfect. And then it freaking just prolapsed. And I'm just like, what the hell? So one of the things that they said is that, you know, uh, providing water more often, changing the water more often so i you know with my chondros now it's like three times a week i change the water um oh, jesus i don't do that with carpets because i don't have to no. you know what i mean well, but like with and and it's just like i guess it's just trying to figure out like i don't know man i guess when i was getting into it and talking to certain people they'd sort of said you know well this is just a snake on a stick and and i i've even said that and maybe yeah. there's a little more to it you know what I mean? It's well, just a just a ball I mean, python on a stick. <laughs> I I regret that. My youngest, the youngest chondro I've ever owned, was a year and a half old. So I mean, like that's when I got it. It was a year and a half old. So right. I've never taken it to the point of little ones. And I we've heard stories of how hard they could be, and I figured, all right, well, you know, you go through the motions, you figure it out. But then we talked to some other people who are just starting to breed their chondros, and they've had bears of times with babies, and it's been like pulling your hair out kind of frustrating. And I'm like, don't need that. All right. Um, You know, so I'm almost on the fence about sending my one chondro, because I only have one left, one little girl. She's not little anymore. She's getting pretty big. I almost, like, want to send her on permanent breed loan and, like, send her back to Buddy and be like, use her, and then, like, raise up the babies for a year and a half, and then maybe I'll take one or two. It's like, you know, (laughs) do all the hard work. So I'm like, it's, but then I feel bad about that, but I'm like, I don't, and then I look at all the projects, and it's like, I don't need Condros. I really don't. So probably going to phase those out in the near future. Yeah, More room for rough scales. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I had my choice, 
again, I think back to when I first started wanting to do this and my vision was to work with the different species in Morelia and whatnot. And, um, you know, I, they're, they're a big part of that, even though one day they might not be Morelia. I, 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 I just think that, uh, you know, that they're cool snakes. Like, I mean, if, mm. for instance, if they all of a sudden said that rough scales is not Morelia, would you be like, Oh, they got to go. I, I quit the show. Because um, so, I can't be. Uh, I mean, that's how that would go. I mean, yeah. I'd leave. I'd leave here first before I left them. So. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, but the point is, is that you don't care what the genus is. You like the snake. Well, I don't give a You're damn. Just... Well, yeah. That's... If we, if we honestly got shifted to have what snakes we like versus the taxa, I mean, how many times <laughs> do we have to get rid of our entire collections to right. go? Oh God, Latin changed again. It's like, it doesn't right. mean anything. So, so to me, like, to me, the same group still applies. Like Morelia to me is, even though I know it's not taxonomically this way, to me, the way I look at it is it's carpets, chondros, scrubs, bolt, bolens, rough scales, Owen Pellies. You know, that was like, you know, ooh, one day maybe we'll own Owen Pellies type of deal. You know, now it's like, holy shit, it might happen. It might happen. Yeah. Uh, But chondros are still in there. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, figuring out how they tick in, in, in my setup. You know what I mean? So obviously if, obviously Bill, he's uh, it's like Bill to me is like, he's a carpet guy that keeps chondros. Whereas buddy is a chondro guy that has carpets. You know what I mean? It's like they're they're sort of opposites of each other type of deal where, you know, if, and, and if Bill can do it in like as dry as Texas is and everything like that, then it, it can be done. I have to change my mindset and really, really dive in like I did with uh, with carpets and really figure right. out like what I need to do type of deal. You know, I think that's don't you think that that's something that people overlook a lot of times when it comes to acquiring a new species like really doing the research on how, oh yeah, you know, setup is like, you know, I think of people like they're going to keep something that has to be extremely hot and then they're going to put like, like you could have put rhinos in certain, you know what I mean? Like rhinos are only going to do rhino rat snakes will only be, you'll be successful with, but they can't take like really hot temperatures. Right. 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 So it's like, it's like, it's like when I was looking at expanding my caliber project, it's like, you know, cocci. Eh, they need to be really kind of cold and humid. And then right. I'm like, oh, rhinos, they got to do this. And I'm like, I have to move. I either have to set up a rack somewhere else in the house, which is annoying, or right. I have to find a part of the room that I could cool or not keep this warm, which is annoying because then I got to worry about what pythons I put in which places. So I'm right. like, screw it. It's like, you know, I'm not going to do those. So, the Vietnamese blue beauties, which is what I kind of settled on. Apparently they're like a Python trapped in a colubrid body. So it's like <laughs> perfect. It's like the only thing I need to do is when I'm going to breed them, I got to drop them down, which, okay, fine. I'll drop, I'll kick them out of the room. Like I do all the other colubrids. So it's, it's really kind of where we're going with that. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't worry about any of my other, all my other, Colubrids are on heat unless it's breeding season, and then I stack them in the cold room. So it's 
just the way it is. I mean, I'm actually going to move one of my racks into the cold room so it makes it easier for breeding those guys in the future. Also with the bread lie and a few other species that I have that are going to start needing to be cooled down some more. So it's, you know, people don't really tend to realize it, um, that you pick up an animal and it might be a little bit different. You know, it's, they might need this. And because they might need that, trying to breed them in the Python room with all your other stuff might not work. So, yeah. You know, it's yeah, like if you're, gonna, uh, the, if you're keeping pythons, you're probably not going to be successful with hog nose if you're putting them no, just, probably not. in the same room. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like the reason I designed the new, I, I, I built and designed the new olive cages because right. this way during breeding season, they can go into these big six foot cages together and I can give them a huge ass water bin to swim in and do whatever the hell they're doing. And the reason I built two cages is because when the olives go in together, my adult white lips can go in the other cage and get a huge-ass water bin. Because white lips also really like a bunch of water. So it's right. kind of like designing it so that eventually I can get some success from that stuff. You know, my carpets don't give a damn about their water bowls. You know, the only thing <laughs> I ever see them do breeding season-wise is if a female is hugging her water bowl so effing tight, she's Got eggs all in her. So, anyway. Yeah. Got to know what you're doing. Absolutely. <clears throat> but uh, I don't know how we got on the subject of conjures from websites. I don't websites, know where we got there. But... <laughs> really yeah. We but, were talking uh, about Dave D and his conjure websites. And, you know, I mean, can you think of other websites out there? I mean, we talked about Nick's Inland Python, uh, Inland, oh, God, Reptiles, Inland Reptiles. Yeah, he's going to come get Inland me now. Reptile. Um, Inland Reptile. Inland Reptile. Yeah. Inland Reptile. Okay. Oh, His shoot. website. Oh, man, there's what? Morelia Trophy Club. He has a good yes. one. Uh, Australian Addiction. Um, he has a good yes. one. Uh, what else? Um, uh, Headhunters. Uh, Dave, I like his website. I like Headhunters. What was, what's Dave these? It's a, a, ver- a variant. Oh, God damn it. Vibrant. Vibrant, Vibrant Beardus. Thank you. Vibrant I got that Beardus. shit locked I, in. <laughs> I apologize, Dave. Please send my rough scales. Um, so there's that. Um, the other websites, obviously, uh, yours, EB Morelia and uh, MoreliaPythonRadio.com. Uh, those are two good ones. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Who else is? Well, Buddy Buscemi, that's uh, GTP Keeper. GTP Keeper Radio. GTP Keeper Radio, yeah. Yep. No, Um, GTPKeeper.com. I said that. You corrected me. I kept saying radio, yeah. I'm sorry. I know. Uh, (laughs) So, um, (laughs) there's that. Uh, Oh, there's, uh, you know... um, What's her name's website is pretty cool. Uh, 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 is her name Kathy Kimberge? Uh, Condros dot com. Yeah, she has a pretty sharp right. website. Yeah, yeah. I'll put uh, I, I'll put a lot of uh, put a bunch of links. Yeah, links up uh, for sure. But uh, I, I would recommend that if you're if you're thinking about setting up a web. Do is I would go out and I would look at other people's website and kind of get an idea of what you what you want it to look like, what you're yeah. trying, what what idea 
you're trying to uh, get across to the person that's coming to your website. And, uh, you know, uh, I think, uh, I think you can sort of like, you know, just like what I did, I, I sort of piece together what I like from different websites and different people. It doesn't even have to be Morelia people. Uh, it can be ball Python people. It can be retic people. It can be lizard people. It can be gecko people. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you're like, really dig the way that it flows and stuff like that, then that's the whole idea. The whole idea is you wanted to make it, you want it to catch people's attention. You want to make it easy to navigate and to the point, so to speak. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like how I would base um, what you're doing. You also also want to make sure that people are able to contact you. They know the best way to contact you, when to contact you. That's why a lot of times, or uh, on my page, they have we have the babies for sale, and then right below it's like, are you interested in one? To fill out this form, and it'll automatically email me. This way, I know exactly what baby you're talking about, and know the best way to get back in contact with you. So, if you're going to do this, the whole point of either a Facebook page or your freaking website is to promote yourself, your animals, and the species you work with. That's how it should be. So. Um, obviously take the time, invest in a good camera, a nice little photo setup, you know, it, it goes a long way. Yes. Yeah, pictures on a website are really the whole gist of the website in a way uh, to get people's attention. So that's kind of an important part of it. So if you can't take is. good pictures, then find somebody that find can take someone you pictures. can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ask yeah. them to do it for you. Yeah. Find That's yourself fun. a Zach Baez and then get them to teach you how to do it. And then, you know, then you can do it yourself. But don't exactly. half-ass it. You know. so, and, and, I mean, it, dude, what is it? I bought my camera. I went on – I literally typed in, like, digital cameras. And it was a package you could get on, like, Amazon. It was a DSLR camera, a bunch of memory cards, a bunch of different lenses that I have no idea what to do with, an auxiliary flash that I have no idea what to do with a tripod and a bunch of other shit for like 500 bucks. And I'm like, I don't need the stupid telephoto craziness. I need a camera that is better than my phone that I can take pictures on. And that's what I got. So it was totally worth the money. Right. Uh, One last thing I'll say before we, uh, before we get out of here. Uh, Oh, look, this is pretty cool. Uh, This is something that I may uh, may borrow from uh, Southern Condros as I'm flipping through her website. She's got the pairing, and then right below it, mm-hmm. she has an interested list. So basically, it's like add your name to an email address, and you will be added to the list of interesting, or you would be interested list for the pairing. That's genius. Yeah, but then I have to deal with you people. So <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyway, I, I just think that's a good idea. But uh, idea. the last thing that I will say that's kind of important, especially if you're selling animals online, is mm-hmm. your terms and conditions page. Yes. Uh, I would definitely make sure that you have a terms and conditions page that you have thought out uh, exactly what you're going to do when something goes bad. Because at some yeah. point, something is going to go bad. Will and go bad. You have to be prepared. So I would definitely um, make sure that you've, you've thought about that and, you know, 
Um, you go, I mean, I guess you could go and borrow people's ideas from other things because it's kind of the same things that we're talking about uh, as far as terms and conditions. But I don't know. It's just something that uh, you definitely. I, I think Owen, you said that you had a lawyer look at yours, right, to make yeah. sure that you were on point. Well, so, yeah, because my um my my stepbrother is a lawyer, so I asked him to take a look at it and redo it for me, and he did. And I've added and altered it, but he pretty much laid out this entire thing of you know, uh, here in the company shall be referred to as blah 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 blah, and has all these things and a disclaimer in the front that says by by agreeing to a purchase of the animal, you automatically agree to the following. And it just goes down and down and down. And it goes through like, you know, that the animals can cause fights and scratches and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, or sickness and we're not held accountable for all these things that we have a 30 day health guarantee. If the animal is kept within these parameters and we are allowed to deny shipment or sale to anybody, it's all these things. And right. uh, it's all thrown all in there. And it's like, this is pretty much my shield and how I can conduct business. And I've referred to it multiple times where people are like, right. you can ship it now. I'm like, nope, sorry. It's not within the parameters. So, you know, and uh, like, it's almost like you lay it all out there. Yeah, I can ship within these temperatures, but you won't be getting live arrival guarantee. So, and that usually when you say that gets people to back off some stuff. Um, I've done the whole, somebody asked me about, uh, parasites and i'm like are you talking about external or internal they're like internal i had a snake die from parasites be 30 day health guarantee and i also can tell you that all my animals are fed rats that are bred by license so you know it's it's good to have because it helps you in the long run so definitely have a terms and conditions page so yeah i wouldn't say necessarily you have to do a lawyer if you guys want to copy mine and just alter it go ahead i don't give a shit so, right. Um, I think I just kind of did that. <laughs> All right, whatever. I, I, I did. I I took some of your stuff and and put it on. Just, just on change ours. where it says rogue to something else. So you <laughs> yeah. Know. But uh, yeah. Okay. Um. Let's see. I don't know. Do you have anything else you uh, want to hit on? Uh, Hamburg is the 25th. I hope to see everybody there. Um. And yeah, I'm actually excited. I get to get uh, I have a tattoo appointment this weekend, so I'm gonna go uh, do that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. So, what are you getting? T more Python. Ah, all right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's uh, they're pretty cool looking. So <laughs> I know. I can't, I'm ex- yeah. I can't wait to see what he does. So I'm I'm excited. So cool. All right. Uh, next week, uh, we have David Means, and you guessed it, nice. we're talking Scrub Python. Scrubs. Uh, for all those scrub people out there, uh, yes, David Means will be with us next week, and, uh, I'm so glad he's back in the scrubs. I'm so glad mm-hmm. that, uh, that he's keeping them again, and, uh, uh, should be awesome to chat with him. So, um, it should be. And I think I don't have a definite, but Ari will be uh, nice. coming on in the next couple of weeks to uh, talk about his recent trip to uh, to Bowling uh, Bowling World, and uh, he will be telling us all about, about it. The book? 
or no? I, well, yeah, I hope so at some point. Uh, I guess we'll nice. hear the update on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so that should be cool. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, some cool stuff um, coming up. Uh, so don't forget to vote for us for radio show of the year. Uh, let's bring it home again for the Moralia community. Um, and also, uh, for the Moralia community, don't forget the carpet Python discussion board. Uh, that was right. up for best forum slash group. Uh, so go give them some love as well. Uh, follow the link at the top of Moralia pick of the week. And then you scroll down to the radio show, of the year category, you click vote now. A bunch of shows will come up. Make sure you pick NPR, and that's that. Uh, voting is every day, so if you can, just take a couple seconds each day and and show us some love. If you love the show, uh, it would be awesome for uh, you know. I don't want, yeah, I want Owen to get a trophy. So that's the whole plan. So let's let's that is the plan. Let, it should be. Let's bring Owen home a trophy. I don't want him millennial going on me and and going Stop and needing a safe space and and all this other trigger warnings no. and. <laughs> Stop it. Okay. Stop that. Uh, I love it. Uh, next week you'll be saying it, so then you'll beat me to the to the punch so that. Uh... Yeah, I'll, I'll end this one too. <laughs> Start ending all the uh, things you guys enjoy so much. Yeah. That's the um, point. Come on, man. You bust my balls about living in the Shire all the time. and having a I big know, code I book know. and all this stuff. So, I you know, know. It's, all, it's all good. I know. I can, uh, take, I can take my beatings. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on uh, our Facebook page, Morelia Python Radio. You can follow us on Twitter at Morelia Python. Our website, which we've been talking a lot about tonight, is MoreliaPythonRadio.com. If you have any questions, comments, guest suggestions, send us an email at info at moreliapythonradio.com. There's still a few calendars left if you're interested. $15 shipped in the U.S., 20 outside of the U.S. My PayPal is Burke, B-U-R-K-E, Phila, P-H-I-L-A at gmail.com. If you are uh, remember the old MP days in the very beginning, that was my screen name, Burke Phila. So you'll see every once in a while some people refer to me as Burke Phila. Yeah, no one does. That's no one refers to yeah, Burke Phila. No yeah, one does Chris this. I, I don't know. No. There is, no. 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 Yeah. That is not going to become a thing. Stop it. Yeah. Right. I don't want to be Burke Phila. I'm just saying that it was. That's where it's from. No. Uh, Stop it. Carpet Fest. Uh, let's see. We yeah. have uh, some Carpet Fest coming up. Uh, the uh, Southern Carpet Fest, I think, is the first one that's on the itinerary. Uh, that's down in April, in, uh, April Wait. 29th uh, is uh, Southern Carpet Fest. If you want uh, more details about that, go check out uh, Bill. Uh, well, Bill's on a hiatus from Facebook, so don't go talk to him about it. Go talk to uh, Evan, Evan Browder. Uh, I think Austin is uh, also involved in that as well. Uh, one of those guys will be able to hook you up. And let you know what's what. Look for for updates as as we get as they get updates. We'll make sure that we update you guys as well. Uh, but if you're mm-hmm. down in that area, it's definitely something you want to check out. As far as us, Northeast Carpet Fest, June third. Uh, it's going to be here before we know it. That's why I'm remodeling my house and trying to get all the shit together before <laughs> <laughs> before it's the week before. Uh, but uh, 
I'm not promising. Yo, dude, uh, you know, just on a side note, like, yeah. I'm I'm discovering as I start to remodel shit how yep. fucked up this guy did this house, man. Like, he cut every well, goddamn that. corner that you possibly could. But anyway, that's my vent for tonight. Um, I know. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I know. You hold on to put in there. doors. Yeah. Everybody knows. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Northeast Carpet Fest, June 3rd. Warminster, PA. Uh, I'm going to be sending out. There was a couple of people that contacted me about hotel info. Uh, right. So I'm going to be putting out the next couple of days uh, a couple of hotels that are like pretty like within five to ten minutes uh, from my place. So uh, that should be uh, should be coming real soon. Uh, as far as myself, EB Morelia, you can follow me on my Facebook page, Twitter and Instagram all under EB Morelia. My website is ebmorelia.com. If you have a question uh, or a comment. Um, uh, send it to Eric at ebmorelia.com, and that's all I got. Cool. Uh, what I got is you can go to rogue-reptiles.com, check out all the stuff we got going on at Rogue. I did update the breeding journal, which is under the updates tab. You can read up all and all the pairs that we got going on. Uh, I also had to make some alterations because I ended up getting some pairs uh, after I started that diary. So anyway, it's been completely updated uh, with some pictures and more to come as things progress. As far as shows, the next one I have currently is the 25th in Hamburg, Pennsylvania. Um, you can come on out there. I'll be sharing a table with Amanda from Ugly Snakes Industries. Uh, she'll be there with her stuff. If you are a Morelia head, it's the go to. There's myself, Amanda. Uh, Howard Redding of Redding Reptile Breeders. Jason Badlin of East Coast Serpents. And Eric Culler of Midgard Serpents. So that's a lot of carpet guys all in one place. Um, so it's definitely a good show to come check out. Uh, that's all I got, and that's all we got for you guys tonight. So we will say thank you all for listening, and we're going to catch you all back here next week for some more Morality Python Radio. Good night.